Welcome to the Wise Guys Podcast. Wise Guys is your home to interact with the worldwide community of BYU fans in a variety of ways. We're your hosts, Dave McCann and Blaine Fowler. What you're about to hear is the audio recording from our weekly live broadcast. We invite you to join us for the show live every week to chat with us and with other BYU fans. You can find the schedule and watch live at wiseguys.com. That's ysguys.com. Thanks for listening, and go Cougs. Hey, there's Blaine Feller. I used to think that uh, Thursday was the best day of the week, but Not, now it's Tuesday. Oh, it's Tuesday. Now it's Tuesday because the wise guys are back on Dave McCann, Blaine is Fowler. It, is it Tuesday days or Tuesday night? Tuesday, Tuesday night because after this show, then it's Wednesday, and it's practically the weekend. That's a great. That's a great. You point. get through Tuesday. Tuesday's like, the day. I like your attitude. And, <laughs> and Tuesday day doesn't really throw me that much typically, but I get to four o'clock and I'm like, yeah, it's yeah, on. It's starting. Like it's a two hour countdown and it's on. So we uh, welcome everybody and we encourage you to uh, let us know where you're streaming from and those watching at ysguys.com. It's great to have you there. If you get, hit that little purple Twitch button at the bottom of the screen, you can get a free Twitch account, and then the lad allows you to get on here and ask Blaine uh, some questions about his guns or any other topic. I, I like we got that going Med, Medward's already on here, and he says that I'm Doc Blaine, meaning I'm some type of a doctor, doctor of football, and you're General Dave. Does that, All right. Does that mean that Dave's in charge? Whatever, they seem like complimentary handles that he's given to us, so I'm pretty happy about that. I think those, those are nice. Those Bill, are nice. Bill Riley always calls me Dr. Fowler because when I used to be on his show every Friday during yeah. the old days on ESPN, I was always coming from the operating room from my other job, and he'd go, hey, Dr. Fowler, how'd it go in the operating room today? And then lots of people in the community would come up to me and say, well, now what type of a doctor are you? <laughs> and I had to explain that I really wasn't a doctor, that Bill just called me that, and I just played one on, on the radio. Yeah. So. Well, it's been, a, it's been a great week. It's finally hot. You know, it's that's like 104. It's 100 when I drove up here. I always thought, uh, since football season kind of rules the calendar, uh, when all those years I was working in Vegas, mm. and everyone's like, oh, it's going to be 115. I just kind of go, it has to get to 115 before football can come. So the sooner we get there, for the most part, psychologically, even though football season it was still 108, yeah, but it Vegas. was September, and I always said if the air conditioning is working good enough, it'll feel like football season whenever you want it yeah. to. And mo- a lot of people don't know that you and I used to do the UNLV package together. Yeah. yeah. So Dave and I were, we did. We've called a lot of defeats. Um, <laughs> I just was thinking, Perk Weisenberg. Yeah. Like he him? coordinated that UNLV television Bill Townsend package, before then. Associate UNLV, and those guys, Associate AD down at UNLV. Yeah. Um, and. And they put us to work down there. And you and I did the UNLV package together, football and basketball. It was fun. There were some good times. There was an experience, uh, and then we'll run down the tease of our show, and we got a great lineup tonight. But um, I learned the power of a sideline pass when I went to UNLV's Tennessee game in, in mm-hmm. Knoxville. You were not in that assignment. You came on the next one. Uh, Which Steve was Hawaii, Stallworth. by the way, so that was better. Yeah, that, that was better. Anyway, we get to Neyland Stadium, and we do our stuff the day before the game, and we're starving to death. Across from the stadium is uh, Cahoon's Ribs, and it's on the river, on the Tennessee River. Mm-hmm. And everyone said, you got to go there and eat. It's the best. So we get over there, and they just closed. Oh. So we're back out in the car. We don't know where to go in Tennessee. We're starving to death. And, uh, and then Bill Townsend, uh, he was in charge of us. He goes, just a second. And he goes back in to the restaurant, comes back out. And he goes, let's go, guys. You're going to feed us. And we're like, what? And we get in there, and they bring us anything and everything. 
and we ate for as long as we could, and we laughed, and suddenly the, the guys who had said we, they couldn't help us were our best friends. And then the next day at the football game, between UNLV and Tennessee, I look over, and there's the manager, and there's the cook with sideline passes there you go. on the field. And I go, that's how that restaurant opened back up, and that's why they let us eat on the house. And, uh, and that's when I go, you know what? This Tennessee football must be pretty big yeah. because and those two guys are having the night of their life after well, saving and, us. And for those guys to be able to be on the sidelines at a Tennessee game in that stadium is pretty amazing, really, if you think about it. That's a oh, phenomenal yeah. experience down there. And – and being on the sideline, when you can watch a game from the stands, but but go de- if you ever have an opportunity to be on the sideline at a v- Division One P five level football game, it's almost scary how big the players are, how fast they are, how violent the game is. Those yeah. collisions out there, uh, I get down there now and I look and I go like, what was I even thinking? <laughs> it scares the heck out of me now. For some reason, when I thought I was invincible, it was okay, but. But as I've aged and I get down there, I think, man, this is a big, fast, violent game down here. And then when when that crowd roars, if you're in the stands, you hear it and you feel it. Yeah. When you're down there on the field and the, all of that is centered down towards you, it, it's amazing uh, what that feels like down on the field. It's pretty cool. David Nixon's going to join us later tonight in the show. We're going to ask him who hit him the hardest in the NFL yes. and who he hit the hardest in the NFL and a bunch of stuff about BYU's linebackers. Here's the lineup for tonight. Uh, the college football expansion situation, the latest on the future of the Pac-12 mm-hmm. and the Big 12. That's right out of the gate. Name, image, and likeness. You've heard NIL. How does it work from the perspective of the business? Scott Warner, the CEO of Gig, is with us tonight. He's going to show us how it works. And then we'll also have a cold cereal debate. He's a connoisseur of, mm-hmm. of cereal, especially uh, on his social media. And uh, so that's coming up. What else ahead? Well, we, we've got... You know, ESPN has their FPI that they put out every year where they, they go down each team's schedule and they give you a, a percentage chance of winning based on their their FPI uh, formula. And, and we're going to go through that because we can add it up and we can tell you how many games ESPN, based on their FPI, are predicting BYU will win. And we don't like it. Be no, honest with you. We don't no, like hey, it. Hey, nobody on this show is going to like it because it's less than we're all thinking. I'll tell you that. Yeah. But we're going to get to that. Big 12 media days, that starts tomorrow morning, what the preseason poll looks like. And then I'm going to ask you where you think BYU would rank in that preseason poll if they were in the conference this year. And you told me we were going to talk about this, so I've already been thinking about that. And then then we're going to cap this whole thing off in in our second hour. We're going to have our our good friend, our buddy Dave Nixon, who works with us uh, at BYU TV, does after further review and countdown to kickoff and postgame live with us who also happens to be a former big-time linebacker, not only for BYU, yeah. but also in the National Football League. Um, and he's got a little side kind of fame because his brother-in-law is Taysom Hill. Yeah. And we're going to ask him, we may ask him a couple questions like, hey, how's Taysom feeling? Yeah. I saw Daniel Sorensen today over at the golf course. He's got two weeks before he reports to yeah. the Saints. We've been seeing a lot of the guys over kind of getting their last – Rights of summer, playing some golf. We, Getting their last we ran, ran into in. Danny. We ran into Christian or, or into uh, Britton Covey. Yeah, we saw day, him you and there I ran into Britton. Talked to Britt for a little bit. Um, we know he's a Ute, but he's really, you know, yeah. Britton's his really, family is, is. He's a cougar at heart. Yeah. Like, come on. And so, and he's really good, good buddies with my youngest son, Gavin. So we asked him about what's going on with him. 
All these guys are getting their last little golf and swimming and family time in because camp's starting in just a couple weeks. How about the countdowns? Uh, 14 days until the season premiere of BYU TV's After Further Review. We're going to hit the air at 7 Eastern, 5 Mountain on Tuesday, July 26th with an hour-long special Tyler Algier run into history. Watch it on the BYU TV app right before an all-new Wise Guys at wiseguys.com. And uh, let us know what you think on the live stream. We'll tackle your questions. Tyler Algier Knight, 14 days from right now. It's getting getting yeah. closer. Well, we got 22 days until the team reports for fall camp. August 3rd is reporting day. And uh, just like the pros... Those guys are getting their last things in, going on yeah. rafting trips, playing some golf, doing all that, because they know that life changes as they know <laughs> it on August 3rd when they report to camp. 53 days until the season opener at South Florida. Uh, you know, a while back it was 100 days, so now it's 53. We're, hey, we're trending any, in the right direction. That's, that's awesome, and I can't wait for that. And it's revenge time oh, yeah. in South Florida. 60 days until the home opener. Baylor is yeah. coming into Provo and uh, and the Bears uh, and the Cougs are going to go at it. Who can win in a fight, a bear or a cougar? You know, I think the bear. In nature. I think the bear wins. Look, it, no it, one messes with bears. It depends on the bear, though, Yeah, right? like if it's a cub, I'd but go what, with the What cougar. if it's just a regular old black bear that just eats berries and stuff, and it's a big old mountain cougar? Well, if the mountain cougar's bigger, then, then yeah. But I think those bears hold their own. Yeah, if it's a Kodiak or a grizzly, yeah. no chance for the cougar. NFL countdowns just six days. Until the Raiders and Bills open training camp. Six yeah, days. Can't, can't even believe that. And, and uh, we always mention when the Raiders are open, because a few of BYU's yeah. guys down there, including uh, Matt Bushman. Seven days until Tyler Algier reports to Falcons camp. That's, ba- that's basically here. Yeah. And we're going to feature him, as you mentioned, in AFR. 14 days until Taysom Hill and Zach Wilson report to the Saints and Jets camps, respectively. How many positions do you think Taysom's going to play this fall? Remember the coach came out and said he's primarily going to play tight end. Yeah. I call bullcrap timeout on that one because that's not happening. Then he came happening. back later and he goes, I that's, think he's going to play every that's position. That's not happening. I, <laughs> well, I imme- you know I immediately called a bullcrap timeout on that. Yeah. I'm like, come on. Let's be real here. And it's the new coach, too. I don't even know if he knows yeah. everything Taysom can do. But, yeah. but uh, we're going to ask David Nixon how the Liz Frank thing's going for yep. Taysom and, yep. and where he's going to be. He's been through that before and, and healed up on the other foot. So we expect him to be back in full health because he knows how to do that. So 23 days. Until the Jags and the Raiders kick off the preseason on August fourth on NBC. So once once that I feel like that's the watershed mark yeah. in all of this. Once you see that, you see football yeah, once, right through the Super Bowl. Once the game comes, it's awesome. It's and, coming and it's on. I know it's dang hot just about everywhere, but it's coming and, and when and, and it's still hot when football gets here, but we call it fall camp even though it's August. But it feels better. I know. The it, world just feels better. It does. It absolutely does. College football realignment update. You know, things are kind of quiet uh, after a, a, a crazy week or so. But Alabama's Nick Saban said today he thinks these mega conferences are here to stay. Yeah, and it's interesting because he says that right on the heels of of the SEC kind of, you know, in multiple reports formally saying, hey, we're happy with 16. Yeah. So kind of denying these reports that perhaps Clemson and Florida State in particular on, are on their radar. Um, and then, and remember, the the – the uh, Big Ten came out and said, "Hey, we're we're okay with 16 in the big in the Big Ten, 16, whatever we call it now. The Big, yeah, they the had big to rename it, whatever. Um, we're okay with that. Which, so then which that is means because they were talking about Oregon and Washington, Washington, or maybe Oregon and Washington were talking about that, right? Well, and then here's the interesting thing: they even came right out and and multiple sources saying 
until Notre Dame maybe rethinks what they're thinking, which tells us that Notre Dame's saying we're cool with our own contract. I think they are cool. With we their like own independence. Thing. We control what we do. Yeah. We can control our schedule. You think about it, would, does Notre Dame want to go into the Big Ten with they, with twenty other teams? And and in that league, not going to dominate. I don't care if you're Notre Dame, right? And they control their schedule now. They play enough big schools in their schedule um, to be ranked up in the top five, sometimes in the top four, and to be in a playoff, to be in a New Year's Six Bowl yeah. every year. But they play all the services. They play enough games that they have some breathers. There's no breaks in that Big Ten or the way it's going to exist. I think as long as the Big Ten and the SEC and the Big 12 uh, and the ACC say to Notre Dame, oh, we'll let you into the – you know, you win 10 games or whatever, we'll let you into the playoff mix. They will stay outside and, and play on Saturday afternoons on NBC and be just fine. Right. The day they're cut out of that is the day they'll go, we got to get out of the ACC and this and that. But why? What, what's the motivation? Yeah. and it, so, so it's just really interesting to me. And, and if the Big Ten's saying, we're going to wait to see what Notre Dame does, because if Notre Dame comes, then maybe we take the biggest marquee name left in the, pack, in the Pac-12, which would be Oregon. Then what happens... To Washington, because they don't need an odd number of teams. I don't think they want Oregon. Yeah. So so we'll see what happens with that. And then and then the question is if if the Pac twelve has just lost UCLA and USC, did they just try to survive as the Pac ten? And we'll we'll get into this a little bit more. I if I'm the Big Twelve, I go hard after them right now. Yeah. Especially on the You go for the dagger? I, I go for sixteen teams in the Big Twelve right now. So you'd take who? Well, I want Utah in the same league as BYU. Yeah, I <laughs> so do too. I, so I take I like if I chose who we'd take into the Big Twelve, I would take Washington, Oregon, Utah, and Arizona State. Yeah. Because because I do I really need Arizona State and Arizona? Now they may not come without one another, but I I don't need them both. No. I need Arizona State. I mean, it's all football driven, but you got to look at hey, we had Arizona in basketball to the toughest league already. Do, Maybe which, that. which they're perennial top ten basketball. Colorado team. brings nothing. Nothing. So, so I, I don't Utah want Utah. Utah only brings football the, and this gymnastics. This whole idea that Utah and Colorado are a rivalry is nonsense. Yeah. That's a made-up thing. It's always that, been that, made up. That exists in somebody's mind at the Pac-12. That is not a rivalry. I'm sorry. And so we, you don't need Colorado. You need Utah. They're the marquee team, really the best team left. They're the best team in the Pac-12 last year. Yeah, not historically, but current. Right. Yeah. Or Oregon, I think, is the biggest name left. Um, and they have a lot of cachet with that. They've got Phil Knight with them. They've got, you know, that. And they're a national brand. And Washington's had, you know, they weren't good last year since since Coach Pete left. It's been it's been tough. But but I would say if you're going to cherry pick, then why not take Washington and get that Seattle market? They have a chance to be good mo- most years if they got the right coach. Yeah. You take Oregon because of the national brand. You take Utah because they've been the best program in the last couple years, and it's a great natural rivalry for BYU. And you take Arizona State because they're the best of the rest. Um, and they're and they're also probably the most visible and widely recognized. If, That's what I would do. I would take those four and I'd go to sixteen. If nobody's talking about those four though, no. And if Washington and Oregon start leaning toward the Big Twelve, there's going to be panic through the land of the Pac-10, and they're all going to want to come. Like Arizona, will be like, please do not leave us to the Mountain West. Even Utah, be like, uh, we think we're better than we are, but all of a sudden we might not have anything. So if Washington and Oregon are looking to the Big 12, we have to be in the Big 12. Right. And then if you're the Big 12 and everybody's scrambling, do you just say, okay, let's just bite the bullet and go to 20? Because eventually... The thing is, you got to share all that money. Yeah, if it, like, because they, they don't bring the revenue. Why do you do it? Yeah, why would you bring Colorado? What do they bring? Yeah. They, they bring Agreed. the Denver Broncos. Agreed. You know? 
And and uh, and in Utah, you can ask, well, what does what does Utah bring if BYU? If you're just looking at geographic stuff, BYU already brings the state, right? Uh, so do we pay them forty five million for for what? Right. Um, Arizona, Arizona State, okay. Well, Phoenix, that's a big city. We do we want that? Do we pay both? Why don't we just? I mean, Tucson's way down there, but but uh, do we just go after Arizona State because why why would we pay both fifty million dollars? That's exactly my point. That's why I would cherry pick and take those four, but. But nobody's talking about those four because everybody's still, until just the last day or two, has been talking about Washington and Oregon still wanting to be yeah. in the Big Twelve, in the Big Ten. What do you think the Big Twelve commissioner is going to say tomorrow morning in his opening remarks to the media? Is he going to say, "Let me tell you, I just invited four more teams," or is he going to say, "You know, we're looking at it, but we're really, really good. We have fourteen teams for the next two seasons, and we're leaving SEC is taking Texas and Oklahoma." And then we're solid with 12. I, I think he's going to say, um, and he's got, I don't think he leads with it, but it's, he knows that it's the elephant in the room that everybody wants to talk about. And I think he has to come across as proactive where he's going to say, listen, if we don't do anything, we're in a great position. Oklahoma and Texas are in the league for the next two years. The teams we're adding are quality programs. We will be fine as they, the actual Big 12 if nothing happens and we can survive and we've got great, um, you know, we're going to be able to negotiate great television rights deals and all of that. But we are not sitting around. Yeah. We're being very aggressive. We're having conversations all over the place. We're not opposed to expansion if it's the right teams that bring value. And so I think he's, I, I think he's going to come right out and say that. I, I think that he, he wants to state and put it right out there that that he's not he, he's not going to be behind the curve. I think he's going to make people feel like listen, if nothing happens, the 12 we have are fine. Yeah. It's a great brand and it's the, it's the heartland of America and we're going to play a great brand of football and it's still going to be the best basketball conference in America. But don't for a minute think that we're sitting around doing nothing. We will be ahead of the curve and we will be very aggressive in this if there's opportunities that make sense financially and geographically. And the TV networks want to hear that. Yep. They want to hear, "Hey, That's, we're we're move, we're going places. Yep. We're not we're going to react, not be reactive." Well, and you've seen a lot of reports where they're saying, "Man, the 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 way the new Big 12 commissioner is working um, and getting ahead of things compared to the way the new Pac-12 commissioner's working is is kind of night and day pac 12 is kind of like hey let's be cautious let's think about this let's try to keep this thing together big 12 guys not even supposed to be at work yet and all he does is roll up his sleeves and say no let's have some conversations if it's the right thing to do we'll you know we're gonna we're gonna explore everything and anything that makes financial sense we're not opposed to doing scott warner's gonna be sitting in that chair right next yeah, that's, to you that's that's why you just a couple, couple of people and we've answered you in the live stream but the reason that there's a two shot here is because our, our our good friend Scott Warner is going to be sitting right here. That's, that's why the hot that, seat. That's that's why that's that's, hot seat. that's the way it is. Hey, let's let you know who's coming up on this show as uh, and as Scott settles in there next week. The seventeenth governor of the state of Utah, Gary Come Herbert, on, former Orem High School quarterback, is going to be with us. David Phillips, the sports coordinating so producer at BYU TV, is going when, to be when here. Governor Herbert, who's our golf buddy, comes on. Is this going to be like an Orem High School love festival, or what is it's this? It's probably going to be a little bit like that. Because when we golf, that's what it becomes. Like, it's all about Orem High He starts telling unverified stories. Yes, and, he does. And, but he gives us governor's <laughs> pardons. Uh, if you hit a bad shot, when you're playing, playing golf. golf with Governor Herbert, 
And he says that you can still give governors pardons even after you're out of office. Yeah, he's declared. You hit that. a bad shot, he will immediately pardon <laughs> you and give you another shot, and it doesn't even count as a mulligan. July 26, Max Hall, the winningest quarterback at BYU, the MVP of the alumni game, is going to be here. August 2nd, Mark Wilson, NFL first round draft pick. August 9th, Dennis Pitta, Super Bowl champion. August 16th, Marie Osmond will be with us and Robbie Bosco, national champion quarterback. That's a, that's a good night. Yep, Marie's going to be the first hour and Robbie's going to be our second hour. Major Clark Heyman, fighter pilot from Hill Air Force Base, is going to be with us on August 23rd. He's going to tell us about the BYU Mafia and uh, flyovers. And Caleb Chapman is going to be here with his saxophone on the 23rd. And I got I got to tell you about about uh, Clark when last year's Utah game. Does anybody remember the flyover? Yeah, so I got a story about that coming up in the desert. And it's like that, tomorrow. That flyover, we were on the field doing a show on the field, and it scared the crap out of me. Right, <laughs> I was like, how how close were those guys? They, they almost hit the lights, and they they flew up to to hill, and then they got in a car and drove down, which it took them like ten times longer to get back down than it took them to fly over and go park those jets. Yeah. And I said to him, "Is there some type of a?" flight deck that you guys aren't allowed to go below and he goes yeah yeah there is and i go it seems to me like you may have violated that and he goes hey, no not as far as you know not as, as far, far as, as you know, know we did so look I, I have an awesome story coming out about all that stuff and i'll say this this is all i'll say about that and then you can read about it we'll talk about it later yes uh so they did come in low and hot for yes, the utah game on the in the flight path was south field and they were in the second half of the byu missouri game Oh. And wait until you hear what Jen Rockwood said. Okay, because they didn't know the Jets were coming. No one told them. Oh man! Oh, by the way, the Jets are coming right in the middle of the game. Oh man! And so her reaction tomorrow. All right, put those yeah, headphones we're gonna, on. We're going to bring. Our, Let's get going here. We're so excited to have Scott on on the show with us. There we go. Yeah, they're, they're directional, but you got to be kind of. This close guy's to them. connected with music. He's connected with business. He's connected with NIL. See, I read. I, I read. I read his and whole, barbecue. I read his whole background, and I'm like. I have to hang out with this guy. <laughs> like that's, I was like, this is why like, is this it the is, only way we can get you is, to hang out with us is have you on this the show. This is my guy hey. right here. Music is huge to me and my family. And I know that you, like when you started gig, it was a lot of, it was about music yeah, promotion yep. and all that. That's the reason. And then you've expanded and done a lot of things, but you love music. You love sports. You're big time involved with, with, with BYU founder of gig. Um, uh, the the corporation that is involved in all of that. Nice, right, there yeah, it sure. is. Is that even going to fit over his guns? So, so I brought brought two larges, but but uh, Dave told me that I should probably bring a medium because you're proud of your guns. Oh, oh man. <laughs> so, he's always so like, trust me, he loves. Like, when are you going to stop wearing your daughter's shirts? <laughs> so. No, you're in hey, shape, man. If you hey, when you've got twenty-seven inch biceps, there's nothing you can do. Really, nothing. That's but why. That's, that's why I, I keep mine smaller so I can fit in all my shirts. That's pretty. That's awesome. not the case. That's pretty, that's pretty awesome, though. Right, if you have a question for Scott, yes. chime in our live we're, we're stream. Because Scott's a, a, an expert um, and been really involved in in this whole NIL thing. And we've been talking about having you on for a couple of weeks because people have had so many questions about this, um, and and. I know you're passionate about it. You understand it better than most. You've been involved in it. And and then David and I, like, we've got to get him on the show and talk about it. And, and we want to talk about your background, too, and all, all, all this stuff. And tell me if I'm right on this. The, the name originally was, like, when you're in a band or something, I used to be in a band in the old yeah. days. Like, hey, do, you guys have, do you have a gig this weekend? That's right. That's right. right. Yeah, that we, got, we, got two, we have a gig on Saturday night up at yeah. Lagoon. We've got this or we've got That's that. Right. That's, That's right. how you started that, right? That's right. And the thing that's so cool about the name and the reason I went hunting for it big time, it's a crazy story how... We ended up getting the name, but the word gig has evolved, you know, so it was like a, a show back in the day, yeah. but 
now it's used universally. It's like, what's your gig or what's yeah. his gig these days? Or um, then also the gigabyte when it comes to technology. And, yeah. mm-hmm. and uh, it's just, it's a perfect fit, man. So I, we love the name. The brand turned out really, really well. When you first, was it always G-I-G-G or yeah. was it G? So it was always G-I-G-G. It was always G-I-G-G. And I think that just gives it a little more character. It's kind of more brandable. There's um, already a question about your favorite cereal. We're going to get to that. Oh, Hang wow. on with yeah, us. Yeah, people, you knew that was we coming. got a whole we cereal thing coming, coming up here in just and, a bit. And then I also want, I want everyone to tell me whether um, whether we go, I, should I go black with a white lettering? Just save me one of the three shirts. That's yes. all or do I go This with is the medium. That's the medium. You look good. You look good. <laughs> you might have so to put good. that on. I might yeah, have to Actually, go, this is I'm the large. This is There you go. So do I go with the yellow? Do I go with the yellow? We appreciate that. Hey, let's dive into this. BYU Heisman Trophy winner Ty Detmer told us as a high school coach, the portal is killing the patience and development kids need so badly. The desire to play and get paid has changed the game. He sees fewer G5 schools coming to his school to recruit kids because they can go to the portal and, uh, and get quick fixes. And we've talked about the portal quite a bit. Yeah. NIL is a whole nother thing. Um, yeah, it changes every, it'll change everything. So your company puts a quarter of a million dollars into BYU's Built for Life yeah program um why did you do that and then we're going to follow the process so that folks can we've heard from the schools going hey we have an nil program it's great for the athletes but but how is that great for the athletes and how is it great for your business so you decide i got a quarter million dollars i want to be a part of this what's the motivation to get in so let me give a little background on gig to start just because then it'll make more sense so when we first started it again you know like blaine mentioned it was meant for the music industry and to help both mainstream artists and aspiring artists uh be more effective in branding themselves getting the word out about you know whether it's a new single a new album uh, an upcoming tour and so on and so the tools that we created at gig were meant to build brands and um, and it would help these artists become more aware of their target audience or demographic. We're where talking big were. bands. Oh, yeah, t- like some of the bands. Maroon 5. Yeah. Imagine Dragon. Like, tell, yeah. tell pe- folks some of the bands that you've worked with. And some yeah, of the we, we've worked with some in- incredible bands. It's it's pretty it's pretty amazing. So, I mean, Imagine Dragons, Maroon 5, um, Bruno Mars, Carrie Underwood. Uh, <clears throat> you know who could work? ACDC could use some help. You know, that's one of my favorite bands. But Tim McGraw he was is, just in like, town. He is ACDC. So he is ACDC. Whatever you've done with Tim McGraw's worked out for him. He, he was pretty happy. <laughs> he was on his way when we worked. He was more doing <laughs> us a favor than anything else. But um, anyway, yeah, a lot of incredible bands of all genres. And I, I have to ask you boys, what's your favorite genre? You always can learn so much about DJ, an individual. DJ's yeah, just, like, DJ's right? just nodding his head over there. Right, man. The genre of music because that people he knows, listen to. He knows. I grew up in New York. Okay. Playing sports and music in New York. Okay. So, of course, I'm like, my main genre is hip hop. Are you for real? Yeah. My man. That's, isn't that like people? No, that's, hey, hip hop is a great, it's one of the most popular, if not the most popular genres. And so, yeah, many, it's, so I, how I, does that I, make him your man, hip hop? I, I, I love hip hop. <laughs> Believe it or not, like, what, what we should do is talk about the artists that you're really into. Uh, well, a lot of the new age hip hop artists, I'm not. Not in love with. Listen, this is you get into his art. It's a whole nother show. It's yeah, a whole nother I'm, I'm show. I'm kind of eclectic, but like <laughs> I always feel like, okay, let's get to know each other. Here's my workout. Here's my workout jams. Oh right? no, <laughs> he did. Black Eyed Peas, Black Street, No Diggity. We got. I mean, that's a classic. Uh, let's see, DJ Khaled, Earth, Wind, and Fire. These are all great. I don't know if these are necessarily hip hop, but yeah. the Flow Rider, right? Genuine, genuine. 
There's there's a lot of R and B in here. J- here we go. Jay Z. Justin Bieber. Yeah, I throw. Yeah, That's I love. Cute, I like the Biebs. I throw him in there. He's getting better. I throw him in there. Montel Jordan. This he's is got a future. Outcast. A lot of Outcast. Usher. Van Halen. One of the greatest. Songs See, I go. I do go to some rock and roll once in a while as a break. Dua Hey, this guy's got style. He knows what he's doing here. I'm impressed. So, I mean, so it's like, and I can show you my car jams list, but it's just like when you want to get to know somebody, you sit down and you go, hey, let, let's look at each other's phone. Let's, hey, For I want sure. to see your playlist. For sure. And you can know a lot about somebody. You right? learn a lot about someone with the music <laughs> they listen to. But the fact that you like ACDC, Dave, we're, we're best friends. I, I'm a huge, huge ACDC fan. I saw their last big show at Dodger Stadium in LA a couple years back. All right, hand him that playlist. Okay, all right. This is. So I, I like classic rock, but I'm a little all over the place. But that's my main rotation right there. NXS. I, hey, I got, I got respect. Queen and David Bowie, Flock of Seagulls, come on. Brian Ferry, New Order. New Order is so good. I, I much respect. Good well, stuff. Good. Is that good stuff. Except I know, for here, it doesn't make me your man. But if, I read, I if I read his playlist, I think he's 71 years old. Now, with that being said about what, is, what we were doing with, with artists, um, Brands and businesses wanted to be a part of it. So a lot of these, a lot of these bands that we were working with, big name brands wanted to be associated with a lot of the campaigns that, that yeah. we do. Um, and because what Gig does is it, it drives, you know, huge engagement online, a lot of social media stuff. So when the, the then I started thinking to myself, you know, this works for sports. So I started working with some professional athletes, did, a, did some stuff with a few of the Dodgers, then... The NIL. Mm-hmm. The, the NIL. I, I, was, I had known that it was happening in just a matter of time um, and was waiting for it. And I knew when it would initially be, you know, put in place and, and athletes could start making money, it would be the wild, wild west. I mean, w- there is still so much that needs to be figured out. Um, there's still so much that's okay that I guarantee will not be okay mm-hmm. yeah. over time. There's going to be regulations put on it. But right now you got to jump into it while, you, while it's hot. And um, so, so the reason that our company, to answer your question, Dave, got involved with BYU was, number one, I'm a huge BYU fan. Right. Number two, BYU always impresses when it comes to being forward-thinking. They, they paved the way in so many different ways. I mean, I, I was sitting down with uh, some of the head dudes over there at Cal, um, you know, Cal Berkeley and, and the athletic department, and – Everyone talks about that that first big deal that Bill Bar did. Oh, it it kind of set the stage, right? It it created jealousy. It created inspiration. And it, it took created care questions, of the walk-ons, right? It was like well, it was brilliant. Yeah. It, I mean, it, people are it branded BYU as man in something that we think is going to be the wild wild west where everybody's going to go nuts, right. and eventually somebody like let's say Miami gives a quarterback nine and a half million dollars. In that world, that's not hypothetical, by the way. Yeah. It just right. happened. But in that world, <laughs> BYU leads out and does the right thing. That's right. And who knows what happens from here, but I feel like for Built Bar, um, it was great for their brand, that this is a company that does the right thing. For BYU, it was, this is a university that does the right. It doesn't matter what happens from this point forward. They let out and did the right thing. Am I wrong? They did. They did the right thing. And I'll tell you, Built Bar... I mean, based on some of the numbers and metrics that we looked at, they probably got fifteen to twenty million dollars worth of advertising. Oh wow! Right. Yeah, a wow. sports center. Every, it was everywhere. It, it was everywhere, and it, it set the stage in a lot of a lot of cases. But you know, as I've spent time with different universities and some of the athletic departments, that's referenced quite a bit. I always get asked, you know, how are you involved? You know, do you work with Nick Greer over there, Bill? Nick Nick was brilliant in in the move that he made with all that. But but again, still so early. 
Yeah. We're going to see some pretty incredible things. It's going to shift a lot of how, you know, Ty in some cases is, is right. Um, you know, it, but at the same time, there's still opportunity there. Uh, everyone has opportunities. And, and one of the things that I'm so excited and, and I've been fortunate enough to spend a lot of time with these student athletes, there has never been a, hist- a time in the history of college sports where athletes have a chance to build and strengthen their voice to, to go and to build their brand and to create monetary or um, different uh, opportunities in the business space. Not, not only, not only just in college. I mean, a lot of these kids aren't going to go on to play professionally. Most aren't. Right? Most aren't. Right. I, there's a stat around it. I don't know. You know it's probably. crazy. But it's, it's, it's crazy. The numbers. Um, when, when I, when my kids were little and we would do the little league thing and I would always tell the parents, chances are none of our, our my kids or your kids included are ever going to play division one football. And, and even fewer, like it's, like it's less than 1% yeah. are, are ever going to play at a, in a professional sport. So why don't we just learn the sport and have a good, good yeah, time, that's right? right. Why not enjoy it and have a good time? But it's very few are going to make it. But but some of these ones that are coming through the college program now, even good players don't make it in the NFL or yeah. in the NBA. Yeah. But they have an opportunity now to maybe set themselves up um, to have some residual income moving forward because of their time at the university representing the university, right? That That's absolutely right. And you know what? Um, what I think is going to be f- – what people are going to figure out quickly, and I'm talking about businesses and brands, you don't have to go and align with, you know, in terms of BYU, a Jaron Hall. Jaron's decent at social media. Mm-hmm. There's actually a lot better when it comes to that, right? Yeah. But, but Jaron is, you know, he's, he's well-known. He's the quarterback of BYU. But I'm telling you, there, there are some incredible content creators inside of all BYU sports that are just as powerful and then some than, you know, the star athletes that everyone hears about, you know, on ESPN or whatever. And so, um, you know, one of our most successful campaigns was was with uh, BYU women's basketball. Yes. Those girls, yes. they were incredible. If you, I don't know if you guys saw the campaign. TikTok videos. Yeah, they were so Dancing, good. and they were so good. Those girls were a crack up. And I'll tell you what, they did the, the, the quickest, you know, promo video. They were just, it's like they're pro actor, actresses. They mm-hmm. all just... They all just knew exactly what we were doing. Don't get me talking about some of the linebackers at BYU. They, they, they might. Max, <laughs> yeah, Max Tooley, we love you, bro. Up. We'll, we'll we deal lo- with that later. Yeah. <laughs> I thought Chaz was going to knock Max Tooley out because Max could not remember his lines, uh, man. We, we were having so, so much fun. But, but, but what I'm getting at is, is the NIL space is wide open, and, and to all athletes, calling all athletes everywhere, I'm talking from – when you first start using social media, and I have, a, I have thoughts on that. I think 16 years old is when kids should get into social media, and even then it's a dangerous time. Right. However, athletes, build your brand. You need to have your face and name on all four of the big ones, the four, all the four big ones, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, TikTok. You need to be there. Align all your social handles. Make sure that they're all consistent. That is a huge, huge deal for you as you build your brand. And... Get yourself out there, and you are more than just an athlete. You are more than just an athlete, so tell the world who you are. Bring some good out there. You know, Tell your story. It's funny. Dave, you might be able to answer some of these things because we're back and forth. We banter all the time about it's already asked, you know, the question's been asked, but I, I, I like to teach um, you know, influencers, celebrities, uh, business owners, athletes, uh, NIL. There are five things that represent you to the core, five things. We already know that you're great on TV and you know sport. You guys, you guys know your stuff. Like, we know that you guys are great when it comes to understanding sports and you're great in front of a camera. You got rock star voices. 
But what else do you got? What else do you represent outside of what everyone knows, Blaine, right? We already know, Blaine, what, what you got as far as this situation. But what else do you have to offer the world? So a lot of, st- I remember I was talking to Austin Colley. He was in my, mm-hmm. my office. Austin, what's up, man? Anyway, I'm going to use you as an example, so forgive me if... if uh, oh, by the way, Austin, I'm, I'm going to text you after the show because we need you to come on the show. But there yeah, you Austin, you should come on the show with these guys. <laughs> but, but, you know, Austin, Austin, you look at his social media, he's a football player, right? He's got awesome stuff. He's a stinking San Francisco Giants fan, so we won't go there. Oh, but that's a shame. but when, you look, when, you look, when, when Austin and I were talking, I was looking at his social media, and he doesn't really care to dive heavily into social media, but he's a football player, and everyone knows it. Yeah. It's a different day and age. With, with the NIL space, you want to make an effort to, to share who it is that you are. We already know you're an athlete, but what else do you have to offer? Do you enjoy fashion? Okay. Do you like cereal? What's your, what's your guilty pleasure? You know, ice cream on the couch and your sweats at night? You know? um, are you a movie buff? Do you like travel? Are you a foodie? Do you like to cook? Are you a chef? What else do you have to offer the world outside of what everyone knows you to be? Yeah. Um, you know, everyone knows that Russell Westbrook is a fashionista. And a lot of the deals that he gets is based on the fact that he is a fashionista and how he approaches mm-hmm. social media. And so, um, you know, and, and I, I'm an entrepreneur. And because I started talking about the cereal I eat before bed every night, I get truckloads of cereal sent to me. We're going to go there. I don't there. get any trucks sent to me. Right? I have to go get mine. Yeah. So, hey, but we, we're going to work on You that. need to coach us up because so, we, we're, we, right. this is all we do. And so, we, we don't know how to do this stuff. But this, this is what his company does. When yeah. Gig buys in mm-hmm. to BYU, yeah. what do you get? So I, you know, the, the truth of the matter is I think that we didn't really know what we were going to get, but we knew we were focused on figuring out what we were going to get. I guess, I guess, you know, I, I, I worked with a lot of the guys over there and they were great and still we're all learning. Right. Um, I think, I think what it did was they opened the Rolodex to all the athletes. And the truth is, is I had connections with most of the athletes anyways, but, uh, but, but regardless, like, but they use, uh, they say you can contact anybody. Yeah. I mean, they would open the Rolodex in, in the event that I wanted to reach out to anyone. Sure. Um, I think what it did do for me is, businesses started seeing some of these campaigns that we were running because BYU was pushing it out there. And some of the, the, the relationships that BYU has with different, you know, corporate sponsors and so on would reach out and look for, you know, ways to capitalize on their working relationship uh, with BYU and knew that gig. We, we provide tools to help, you know, uh, create more value in partnerships uh, between, you know, school and corporate sponsor or athlete and sponsor. Our tools help reach millions of people. We just finished a, you know, a global campaign with Imagine Dragons, or, or Bethany Hamilton was most recent. You know, uh, Bethany Hamilton, she's the soul surfer girl right. that, that lost her yeah. arm, right. um, yeah. you know, uh, to a shark. Uh, but she ran a campaign uh, on gig, letting people from all over the world share a one-armed talent. So the, oh, wow. So the, the invite that she extended was, hey, you know, I've had to learn to do a lot of things on my own, and, you know, I have talents, one arm. I want to see your talents. So Spry Gum or Clear, they, they're focused on videos that make you smile. Mm. So Bethany Hamilton sends out a call to action to all her fans. She's got millions and millions of followers to, to uh, you know, share a one-arm video uh, you know, of their talent. And so all this content that's coming in, Bethany benefits from and Spry Gum. So videos that make you smile. So, so we were able to get Bethany paid or, you know, a hefty check and, and, uh, you know, Spry got 
huge, huge reach, millions. Yeah. So that's so now you think in terms of Bethany Hamilton, she's Bethany Hamilton, but then you got, you know, uh, Peyton Wilgar. Right. Take Peyton. Right. And what and what everybody knows she's a football player, right. but but what you're gonna do with what you do with Peyton is you help him if I'm if I'm understanding this right. To show all these different aspects of Peyton that, yeah. that people don't know. Yes. And, and it creates interest in him and it creates a That's following. Right. You help him grow his social media. That's right. And from that, at some point, he can either get a sponsor or he can monetize That's right. that. He can do, so all of a sudden, he has a, re, a revenue stream or an income stream. That's right. Because people are so interested That's in right. who Peyton is. They want to hang that, with him on social and media. And Gig then has Peyton's face. We have Peyton's face and we also have his reach and following. Right. So, so the, the, the beauty for us and what we're focused on, we're focused on the data and understanding customers and fans. I mean, guys, we, we, with these different BYU campaigns that we've run, we've run about 15 over the course of the time, that, you know, since we started Gig. We have over a half million emails to BYU fans globally. Mm. Wow. What is that? Va- what, what's the value? Yeah, of what that? is the value of that? Right? Right? Well, we're, we're working on, I don't know if I'm allowed to talk about this, so forgive me um, if I'm talking too fast about this, Gary. Hey, Gary. I'm sorry. Hang with us, Gary. Yeah, but um, we're working on a bobblehead deal, right? And and with, with some of the, the boys that play on the team currently and then with some of the legacy players, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, and we can send an email out, right, to all these BYU fans and invite them to, to buy one of these bobbleheads. Mm-hmm. Um, and guess what? These boys that are out on the field right now, they're going to take a cut. Yeah, and they should, right? They should. So I, we, when we talk about NIL, the thing that always comes to me, Scott, is I, I think – Oh man, was Jimmer Fred ever, ever too early? Oh, because because I can't or even Ty. imagine yeah. what Jimmer could have done in terms of monetizing uh, mil- all the NIL millions, deals. Millions, millions, millions. Jimmer, bro, you would have made ten to twenty million dollars your senior year. I'm not kidding. We we I called a lot of the games that that year. I was on the NBC contract, and so I was doing the Mount West game of the week. Yeah, and did the championship with with he and Kawhi. It was like, and I've been doing this a long time. It was like covering a rock star. Oh, for sure. It, I, I, that we, San Diego State game oh, yeah. that oh night, gosh. we're down doing oh. interviews, and the security are holding people off. And I, I'm like, am I traveling with the Beatles? Like, what is going on? Here? Oh, man. It was nuts. And now, Isn't that fun? I look in the rearview mirror. One of the most fun years of broadcasting I've ever had. Dave and I covered him a bunch that year as well at BYU TV. Yeah. And I look at it and I think nil Jimmer. Oh my goodness! Right. Right. 10 to 20 million, Scott saying. So a yeah. kid comes oh, in, yeah. is going to hook up with you. Yes. How do they, who determines how much they get paid? Who Great question. Pay, and who pays them? Does BYU pay them through their NIL office? No. Or is it just? BYU has to stay out of it. Okay. So, so most schools, pretty much all schools, they cannot facilitate deals. So a lot of times they're going to use, you know, third parties. Um, they, you know, there's all sorts of third, you know, part, third party companies. I mean, locally there's, there's Encore. Um, there's gosh, what's the other one called? Carl runs it stud with Wallaroo. My, my buddy Brandon over at Wallaroo. Gosh, I'm sorry guys. I can't remember. Ohana. 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 Oh yeah. Ohana, Ohana yeah. X. Uh, then there's global one or excuse me, not global, but, but national ones, there's influencer. And then there's, um, gosh, there's a bunch of them. They're mm-hmm. all over the place. The moral of the story is the school or the institution cannot participate in facilitating any deal or being a part of the contract. Um, they can open doors, but they have mm-hmm. to stand. They cannot be involved. So you can decide how much you're going to pay somebody. 
So this kid who gets nine million bucks to go to Miami or yeah. Ohio State or wherever. Yeah, and, and, and I don't know if you followed that deal, Scott, but as a quarterback, he's a high school yeah. quarterback, yeah. Yeah. gets a $9.5 million deal, uh, allegedly reported, yep. um, from Miami. And his agent, so to speak, is saying, well, he turned down an $11 million deal at Florida because he liked the coaches better yeah. at Miami, mm-hmm. making it sound like, oh, this is a football mm-hmm. decision. Mm-hmm. Really? $9.5 million. <laughs> So how how did they determine that value? Because is that is that kid really going to bring him nine and a half million? And what does that do to the other NIL value values that that you deal with all the way over here? Uh, again, I think you know, kind of reminds me of the crypto market, and you know, rest in peace, crypto as of late. But it's going to come back. But if you look at all the hype and excitement, people are all wanting to get into it. Tons of money th- thrown in. It's it's going to level out. It's going to plateau. Um, a lot of a lot of lessons being learned. I can already tell you companies that regret some of the money they put into some of the bigger uh, athletes out there. Um, but at least they were willing to try and and you know run the risk or see how it goes. The the problem is a lot of these brands um, and businesses that are wanting to align with these athletes, they're not really sure how the working relationship is going to look. A lot of times, right. they're like here's a swag, wear it or you know, post about it on social media or, you know, come walk through our store. Yeah. Come walk through our store or where our, where our stuff around. Um, yeah, that's good, but it's not what they could be doing. There's even bigger and better opportunities out there. There are, here's the other thing, a guy going, let's talk to the athletes for a second. Um, you know, if, uh, if you're, if you're a student, student athlete in your, let's say that you're a swimmer. Okay. Mm-hmm. You are an awesome swimmer, and you, everyone knows you're a swimmer, so they're gonna, you're going to get hit up by brands, especially if you're a big-time swimmer, you know, and you're going to be hit up with Speedos or, uh, you know, goggles or whatever, right? Yeah. But if you on social media have built a presence for yourself and you speak to, you're a, you're a shoe guy or gal, right? You love shoes or you love fashion or you love toothpaste, a certain kind of toothpaste. You, I'm just throwing gum, right? Um, these athletes that figure out that when they're posting something and they can involve a brand or speak to something, you are setting the stage for what comes next. So if you're in high school right now, start tagging. Like if I was in high school, you know this, Dave. You know, I'm tagging General Mills. I'm tagging Frosted Flakes. I'm tagging Cinnamon Toast Crunch. So they, mm-hmm. they keep an eye on you. And it's only going to become the case even more so. So as, as you're an athlete and you're, you're making the way, you know, making your way up to deciding on what campus or, excuse me, which, which college you want to go to, um, businesses and brands are watching closely what you're all about. So you're, you, you high school kids, you are setting the stage for what comes next. But the more that you can focus outside of the the uh, you know the sport thing you're that you're known playing, for, right? yeah, yeah. Like uh, who was I talking to? Um, uh, gosh, uh, Lucas. I always want to call him Lucas. You know, you call him by the last name. Uh, J J J Sean J John J. Who's our basketball T-Jean player? T John Lucas. T-Jean. Yes, T John. <laughs> Bro, I apologize, T John. I know. So we were ta- <laughs> so we were ta- we were in meet with all the basketball team, and he's like, you know what? I love you guys. I love Charmin toilet paper. I'm like, there you go. What are you going to do? You can't post pictures, you know, in the bathroom. Whatever. No. You, you know, but, but you know, what can, what, can you talk, what can you talk about? I mean, Charmin's probably not thinking about an NIL deal, but I, I'll tell you right now, they would love to be thinking about an NIL deal. They would love to latch onto an athlete that has a decent reach that, you right. know. Right. And, and, and you're like, am I reading this wrong or interpreting this wrong? You're saying that, that 
like what you guys do is you help people run with their passions and get those passions out there. And that someone that's not as visible in their sporting position. So if you're not Luke Staley or Zach Wilson, you may have just as much value as Zach Wilson if you have other things that you're really interested in that are unique. That's right. And that, and that people are going to go, oh, that's a really cool thing. That's really cool that they're interested in it. I mean, we see it all the time. We have lots of influencers here, right here in the Valley, that oh, yeah. that, that aren't big-time athletes that have 3 million followers on Instagram and are monetizing all that. And so you help these athletes figure out what they're passionate about, how to go down multiple roads yeah. so that they can brand themselves, and they're not just an athlete. They have this social media presence, right. and then they can monetize that and get cash That's back. right. That's, That's exactly right. what you guys do, right? That's, that is what we do. So another story, Caleb Lohner, we did a, a competition with him, and it was a wakeboarding uh, highlight competition. So Caleb gets on, and he says, hey, guys, I want to see your water trick. Show us your highlights you know, out on the water uh, for a chance to meet up with me and Blake Murray, who's one of the greatest wakeboarders of all time. Mm-hmm. Um, we'll fly you in, and we'll spend a day on the water with you. And Caleb's a big wakeboarder. Yeah. Right? Yeah. He's, he's not just a basketball player, right? He's a crazy Yeah, He's a freak he's, athlete. He's, he's a freak athlete. Why'd you go to Baylor, dude? <sighs> anyway. Well, that's a whole other yeah, show. Yeah. <laughs> you guys want to talk about that yeah. right now? Yeah. <laughs> anyway, so, uh, but yeah, that, that's, that is in many cases what we try and do. So we look for ways to capitalize, to help the student athlete capitalize uh, in really unique ways. And then you capitalize on their capitalization. That's right. That's right. That's so everybody wins. Everybody wins. Are there any rules? That's oh, the big yeah. question. Yes, there are rules. There are rules. There are rules. And who who tells you what the rules are? Because it seems like the NCAA said, uh, you know what? Why don't all you schools figure it out? We'll let the state laws govern it, right? <laughs> yeah, there are, there are state state laws. That's right. So, But Gary is you know the, the guy that keeps me in line with BYU specifically. Yeah. And I have gotten in trouble three or four times. But I'm learning, right? But and how's, I, how do you know? So, yeah, exactly. So, so you're talking about Gary from Compliance. Yeah, I'm talking about Gary. Yeah. Yeah, who's Gary, an attorney? Yeah, he was an attorney. And he's great, you know. And, and look, these universities, they're learning too, right? And they're getting their hands slapped. And who even knows who's slapping their hands? But the regulations, you know, they're coming, but they're still, you know, it's better to... Yeah, it's better to what? What is it? The, the you push the envelope while you can. Yeah, push and the you envelope while you can. Step back a little bit, then you step back. That's right. And do you think, Scott, that that at some point the NCAA yes. or or the federal or state governments are going to go? Whoa, okay, we've lost yes. a little bit of control. Of this we got to we got to gather without this question. Thing back in. That's going to happen. That right? that without question. And and I don't think it's going to close the door on big opportunities for for student athletes. They just want a little more structure. Um, because things could get out of hand and there could be, there, there are some big concerns around this new opening, you know, the NIL space and, you know, some of the, I, I still think this UCLA USC deal, it's solely money and they know the it's NIL. Totally. It's, it's like, if, if you have a brain, you know, they're making moves for money and they're smart. They, they, I, I get it. Like every school, the more money you have, the more opportunity you create. And so, but I also think this is a massive opportunity for BYU. Right. And that's, and and another reason, going back to your original question, I would love to, to create new ways to excite players. You know, I'm always tweeting at these, every year I look for the top hundred blue chips in all the sports, the big sports, and I follow them and I try and, you know, Mm -hmm. get to know them. I mean, it's, I'm silently recruiting, but not really, but, but. I always am like, you know, I'll joke with like, hey, Bam Bam's on us, on, on me for a year, two years, for life if you come. Just joking around, but, yeah, not, but yeah. not really. I'm kind of being serious too. Right. But, but 
But bottom, you can. You can do that. I can now. do it. Yeah. I can do it. So these athletes, they are they are aware that there are opportunities for money making wherever they go. And so these athletic pro- programs are wise to align with businesses that are looking to align with student athletes. And so, um, you know, if, 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 but they will do it in the right way. They'll do it and them at risk, right? That's right. That's right. They can never do it and put them at risk. And, and that's the other thing. Like I know Gary is making sure, and this is props to Gary. Gary is making sure that everything is done correctly. Uh, cause I know he wants to pioneer and pave the way and the whole Tom, I know Tom is, is focused on it as well. Um, they want to do things, ethically and the right way, but they also want to set the precedence for the rest is, of the is, country. Can, and so can BYU, I know all of our followers and, and people that watch the show and download it, they want to know if BYU can compete in the Big 12 from an NIL perspective. So can they compete with oh. Oklahoma State and with Baylor and these schools from an NIL perspective? And can they compete on a national level? Yes, yes, and more yes. And it's only going to become more the case as time goes on, mark my words. So you think BYU can be the leader in this space? For sure. They shouldn't be afraid that Miami is giving a guy $9.5 million. But BYU's never going to give a guy $9 million. That's just not how they're going to do it. Well, it's not BYU giving it. BYU doesn't give anything to them. BYU opens doors for them. Yeah. The better question is, it really comes down to the athletes and their reach. So athletes' value goes up as we get more time on TV or TV time's big. The ESPN deal, it's, it's big. You know, these, these, these different, uh, you know, stations or news stations or, you know, stories, these athletes. So the Jimmer, the Jimmer craze, Jimmer would have made more money than any other student athlete, I believe, that year. I don't, I don't oh, know. Oh, I think, I think you're right. Right? You're right? I mean, he was, it, everyone, everyone was talking about Jimmer. Everyone wanted a piece of Jimmer. Yeah. So, so and I, I, think, I think this Big 12 move with, uh, you know, with BYU, it's going to open up even more doors. And a lot, of, a lot of these companies or brands that I'm working with, they are wanting to align with student athletes. They are wanting. I just met with a, a company today, a, a pizza company. Mm-hmm. You know what they want? They want student athletes. They want student athletes that can get in front of their following on social media and get them to order a pizza. Why don't they want podcast hosts? Yeah, you guys just live need to, streamers. We they, don't know. What just we're pass doing. this no, by. No, 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 no. We got to talk. We got to talk. Yeah, guys. Well, I'll, I'll do my <laughs> best. We've been to working help you. in television for thirty years, and we don't know what we're doing. Scott we Warner just sit in front of a camera. is the CEO of Gig. A million people watch us, so we don't make any money. That's going to change. And uh, yeah, I can help. I can help, boys. I can help with this. <laughs> I can help with that. <laughs> so, this has been great because this has allowed, I think, our 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 followers and and those who are going to listen to the podcast and all that stuff, uh, the concept of that's how it works, as opposed to yes, we have an NIL office and we're taking care of our players. Yeah. Um, and I think it's it's just awesome that that one you come in with us and and two explain. Um, the, the everybody can win. Yeah, everyone here. And a lot of people think it's gonna kill college sports, but but they also don't hear your perspective. So w- when you mix the perspectives, it's like I can see how everyone can win here, and BYU can compete at a national level with all the big name schools. And it's not just an NIL deals why somebody chose to go to Texas as opposed to yeah. to here. But um, getting that information out is important because most people don't know and they think it's the Wild West with no rules. And And Jerry Tarkane, if he came back from the dead, would fit right into this whole operation. And they think the university – so 
one of the clarifying points <laughs> for everybody, I think, is the university doesn't run or make the deals, but they do monitor it. They have and they to. have an attorney that's yeah. monitoring to, to make sure that they stay clean. Yeah, right? that's right. So they're not making the deals. And and then and then the other takeaways are exactly what you just said. But I think people need to remember that. And the, and that companies like Gig help facilitate yeah. these things in an ethical way, and everybody wins. All right, we're done talking about the NIL. Okay. Now let's talk now. about cold cereal. Yes. And before we get to cold cereal, let's talk about bands. And so you go to Imagine Dragons with your company Gig and you say Here's what we can do for you. Yeah. Dan Reynolds, who was sidelined with us down at the yeah, Arizona we game last year, hanging out with he's Danny Age. He's, he's what, funny because what, he, what I, I, I can't even tell the story because <laughs> his first interaction with Danny Age, Dan was like dying. He's like, dude, I cannot. I like, I was like, I just blabbered some stuff. And so, so he was kind of fanboying over, over Danny. Yeah. And Age is like, like, what do you do? Like, and, Dan, and, and Danny's like, kind of like, that's Dan Reynolds. Like, they were both fanboying <laughs> over so each funny. other. So it was both, really both funny. friends. Danny, we we go way back with Danny Ainge. Danny and my dad were super good friends. Yeah. <laughs> so so what, Danny, Danny's a great friend. What do you do? What when when you go to see a band like Imagine Dragons, you say, "Here's what we can do for you. Here's what we need. We need you to do for us." Yeah. And they're all like, "Scott, whatever you need." Yeah. So uh, bands love what it is that Gig offers because it allows them to in- interact with their fan base. And so essentially, it's actually um, we we look to understand what their goals are. And so. One of the last campaigns we did with with uh, with the the dragons, it was um, they wanted to promote their new single "Wrecked," uh, and "Wrecked" is a story about you know Dan's sister in law who passed away mm-hmm. cancer, mm-hmm. and um, they wanted to get the word out about this new song, so they used gig or they basically extended an invite to all their followers. Hey guys. Um, we want to create more awareness around cancer. Uh, Brandless is is the name of the sponsor that sponsored the the, the whole thing and actually gave a percentage of all sales back to uh, Dan's um, charity. The what is it? TRF. Uh, I'm trying to remember. Uh, yeah, it's his foundation. Um, but they extended that invite to all of their followers to cover the song "Wrecked," and then they let the general public oh wow decide who wins it and. We had millions and millions of people back to the website. So we had hundreds and hundreds of submissions from kids yeah. from all over the world covering in a very unique way. That How song. cool is that? Yeah. And so, uh, yeah, and, and the, the, the social reach is incredible because the way that people win these competitions, they have to get their friends and family to come back and vote for them. So yeah. they're, they're awesome. sharing all over social media. Hey, guys, come back and vote for me. For a chance to win, you know, uh, I think the winner won like $25,000 and a chance to meet the Imagine Dragons. And uh, so that's kind of how it works. So so bands will use the, the platform to drive awareness around something they're trying to push. That's awesome. It's cool. It's fun. It's a lot of fun. All right, Jack, can we get the... the uh, so let's talk about... So really trucks bring cereal to your house? I get they send it to me. They send it to you. But in the I, mail. Get, I get postman's uh, like yeah. going. You've got it for the love. Yeah. You, another you, thing. The from UPS Kellogg's. guy brings like uh, media guides to my house. I he hate brings this boxes guy. Boxes of cereal to Scott's house for yeah, pizza. No, it's, it's fun. It's All right. Fun. So what we got here is. Um, oh yes. <laughs> so my my wife wrapped these up. We're gonna have. You know which one's which? Yeah, we got names oh. on it. We're gonna have reveals of the Diane's world's best cold cereals. Giant's the co-producer of this segment. So is this is this my decision or is this? This is no. this is I already know your decision. This is your reveal. These are, we know Blame what these. they are. We I, like Dave quizzed us. He asked you. So here's you. what we're gonna do. Uh, we'll first. 
built this from the 70s. I hope it's still okay. <laughs> Look Thanks, at this, Jack. Now we're Everyone's promoting the BYU creamery. This is, this is uh, so fresh 2% ice cold milk. <laughs> yes. So here's what we'll do. Wait, do so. you drink with 2% milk or do you go with a whole? Yeah, it depends on the mood, but mostly 2%. Yeah, because, 2%. Because a lot of the cool guys do 2%. Because you think you're fat, you're not. You could drink whole milk. I, I run. Do you know what that it. movie that, That's a movie. What quote. movie is that from? That's from um, Napoleon Dynamite. Oh, I should said, know that. He says to the girl, <laughs> If you're drinking skim milk, oh, yeah, yeah, you yeah. you're fat, yeah. you could drink whole milk. Yeah, that movie. <laughs> All right, David Nixon's coming up at the bottom of the hour. So what we're going to do, open up. Uh, this is the uh, wise guy's reveal of what you believe is the world's greatest cold cereal. I'm going to have to. And that, I'm gonna well, have wait, 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 wait. Hand that to Blaine. Wait, is that the wrong one? That might be the wrong one. Wait, because that, no, that's me. That's, that's, yeah, that's, that's, that's Diane wrapped them, but then she forgot. This one's uh, me. To put names this on. This one's it. me. I'm glad you didn't. So, go all right. That's not that, either. Here, take this one. That's top fifty. No, that's that's, that's, that's Dave's. That's Dave's garbage. This is yours. This is the right, right. one. Right colors. Hey, we just they got they were wrapped when I came downstairs. I said, Diane, did you mark which the which ones there were which? Yeah. Okay. Okay. So so you've made this point. All over your social media page that this is like the world's greatest. But cereal. everyone knows it. But that's right. No, but that's but, but not. The not everyone might know it. But just go ahead and, and reveal that to everyone because we're gonna go. We're gonna take a next step. We here. got drum roll. Do you guys have like a drum roll? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> can, can we have a little <laughs> drum roll music there? Yeah. yeah. Man, I can't believe I had all those wrong. Okay. All right. So Scott's going with cinnamon toast crunch, and I'm sure I'm sure you have a reason for that. I'm not sure what they there, are. I, I mean that, it has merit. But it's it got merit. it's got a little bit of everything. It's not even a question, gentlemen. Okay, Blaine, Blaine, let's counter that with what you got going on. You know, I I'm just gonna say this. So this is Blaine's. There's a favorite. lot of cinnamon going around here. It's good. Because mine is cinnamon, cinnamon life. life. Yeah. For some reason it's a good one. For some reason I feel like it's healthy and scrumptious. <laughs> it is healthy and scrumptious. All I right. Well I'm gonna over here on this desk, we're gonna take it to the next level and we're gonna Let's reveal go to pure candy. with Captain Crunch. Not I don't crunch know berries? why you just jump no, just straight. I don't know why you just say that a top fifty cereal. Hey, wait a minute. I have a top fifty. Dave. Okay, so here's what what did he just say when you revealed yours? The exact same first thing that I said. When Dave told me he was Captain Crunch, I go, not Crunch Berries? Yeah, yeah. The first words out of Scott's I like mouth, him straight. what, not Crunch Berries? I know. Crunch Berries get in the way. Um, and correct kay. me if I'm wrong, but once in a while, when you have Captain Crunch with Crunch Berries, so you look. eat all the Captain Crunches out, and you leave four bites of nothing but the berries. So those listen to the, the podcast, end, what we got, we're opening up our cereals. Wait. Captain Crunch, Cinnamon Life. And, and are we going to just eat our favorite? Here's what we're going to do. We're going to take uh, the three top cereals in the world, and we're going to merge them all into one. Oh, so you do uh, a so little bit of don't fill that bowl. Just put a little bit in there, yeah. Everybody's got... And we'll just pass them around, and we'll put some milk on here. So we thought... Since these are all, all our number ones, as you can, this is Captain Crunch going in the bowl. You hear that? And then I'll you can hear. That over here. Hey, we got we got people going. Cinnamon Toast Crunch is the best. <laughs> Everyone knows it. Look, so, hey, I grew. I I'm with Dave. Grew up on that. I appreciate that. So, uh, and then sure. hand me the Cinnamon Life. Did you get the uh, CTC yet? Oh wait, I gotta have some of that first. There's the There's the Captain. Crunch. See, this one's gonna ruin the two. You think? Oh, that's okay. You think the cap? The Dave's choice is going to ruin the combo here, but that's all right. Cinnamon, cinnamon, and pure sugar I nuggets. I don't know. <laughs> cinnamon life. Wait, I, I didn't get any. There's of laws. Toast. There's laws in some states. Where's the cinnamon let you toast do this. crunch? I need some cinnamon toast crunch. <laughs> oh, there's this over here. Take that. Yeah. I right, hang on, and then uh, okay, there's that. You, you guys know my claim to fame. Mix this thing up. <laughs> oh, we're so, so now. 
one of the last uh, video podcasts that I did, they, they blindfolded me. They hey, bl- everybody, this is Jack's first Jack, Jack. I poured, I poured the milk on mine, Jack. Could you hand that yeah. over to those guys? Jack is our coordinating producer. So you guys got to hear this. I'm very, right. very, very proud of this. I can't wait to hear that. Okay. So they blindfolded me and gave me 50 bowls of cereal. Oh, my gosh. One at a time, blindfolded. I was 49 out of 50, guessing them, blindfolded. 49 out of 50? What one did you miss? Okay, so the reason I missed it, and you're going to understand why in a second, they poured milk in all these bowls. Mm -hmm. So, you know, you got got to taste the texture of it. And so the one I missed was Honey Bunches of Oats, which I should never miss. But I said it was Frosted Flakes because it was soggy. Ah, so that's the only reason I deceived by the milk. It, but that was so, uh, here's a question: I, uh, What happened to Fruit Loops, Dave? Fruit Loops are very they're in the top three, in my top three. So this isn't bad. This is actually a pretty good mix. This, this is, is for, a good for podcast. We're eating a mixture of Captain Crunch, cinnamon. You guys, you got to try life this. and uh, try cinnamon this. toast crunch. I, I have to tell. I'm not kidding. This is good. The, the, uh, Dave, you remember? Why you, are you surprised? Remember, I've never done you this. Remember Danny Plater, right? Wow. Yeah. Do you remember Danny Plater? He was a, he was Jim McMahon's favorite receiver back in the old. Passed days. away last year. Passed away this last year, and uh, um, what what Danny and and by the way, the polls up. It's not showing up here, but but you, uh, it's up at, it's up on the thing to see what your favorite cereal is right now. It's Captain Crunch in a runaway, in a bucks. runaway, which is craziness. But what? um, but um, <laughs> let the people speak. Crazy so, da- pills. so Danny had 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 a, a, a brain tumor and had to have brain surgery and and, and struggled struggled a lot of his life and and uh, we all loved him up and he, he would make his rounds on Sunday to a lot of our the old teammates homes and at our house we knew what he wanted. He said, "If you guys just could, do you guys have some cereal for me?" We said, "What's your favorite cereal?" His favorite cereal was was um, uh, Apple Jacks. Awesome. Okay. Yeah. So, which is a great cereal, right? Is that in your top ten? Top twenty. And so Brenda would get him his own like bin of Apple Jacks up in the cupboard. He had his own milk because he wanted whole milk. And every Sunday he would stop by Sunday afternoon on his route. He would go right to the cupboard, get his Apple Jacks, fill up that bowl, sit and visit with us for a little bit. That's so great. Eat his eat his Apple Jacks. Cereal is life, folks. Right? Yeah, it's the fabric of our of no our life. No pun intended. On and, your right, choice. and so and then he would head off to the to the next place. But he would stop at our house every Sunday for, for so a cool. bowl of, of apple jacks. Right, right up. And he he had some at our house, um, just the the day before um, he he got sick and went yeah. into the hospital and passed away. Yeah. So the la- last time he stopped by, he had some of his. Apple jacks. apple jacks. It's great memories of, of him. The Coog Eye said, uh, hey, old school shredded wheat. Come on. Come on. After Another one about Cheerios. You know so what, you know what I didn't appreciate? What's the worst cereal? I agree I agree with Jack. It's, it's great nuts for pizza. That, that'll be served in hell, guys. <laughs> <laughs> you know what I don't understand? When they went to whole grain, <laughs> it changed tricks, changed Fruit Loops. It changed the world I knew as a kid. Uh, and they're still okay, but they're not quite the same. I, I don't know why they went the whole grain. It's about the same time when Soda Pop went to fructose. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yep. So That's people not are right. asking Dave what happened to Fruit Loops. There's nothing wrong with Fruit Loops. No, no there's right. nothing wrong okay with, Fruit, with Loops. Fruit Loops. Here's right. a here's so. a trivia question. What was Honey Smacks called before Honey Smacks? Sugar, Sugar Smacks. Smacks. Come on. I'm impressed, boy. And, and dig and the frog's name would come on and say there. dig them. That was the ad. It was dig a frog. Dig them. How about same question for Pops? What they used to be called? Sugar Pops. 
Sugar pops. Why'd they take sugar out of it? Sugar. Sugar. They left the sugar in. They just took it off the box, and then they called it right. corn pops. So Web Surfer, Web Surfer 787 says Cocoa Puffs. You know remember, what? Remember Cocoa Puffs have a place. They have like a place. Crazy Cocoa for Cocoa Puffs. Like, you go around doing that. <laughs> I remember all the commercials. What, oh, yeah. I, go back, I go back to, oh, chocolate frosted sugar Here's pops. Here's what my parents used to do. Wow. On Saturday mornings, we had a bazillion kids. I'm one of ten. Uh, really? On Saturday mornings, they would get they would get sugar-coated cereals. Only day of the week. And that was to get us up. Because if you didn't get up, it was all gone by the time you got up. And then once we were up, we'd mow the lawn, do the, all the stuff. But their trick was, hey, we're doing sugar-coated cereals. Yeah, Saturday morning. It's a come, <laughs> come, first come, first serve. And you think we were up the crack of dawn. Now, we couldn't get up at the crack of dawn for any school morning. But Saturday morning, we That's were there. That's too good. BYU, BYU sports addict. I forgot about alphabets. How about that? I like that. That's old school. That, I don't know why they did away with alphabets. So, and, like that. and and Obi Grace asked, "What cereal makes the best milk at the end?" I hope that you just saw Scott in the traditional fashion when he was done with his. He drank the milk out of the bottom of the bowl. <laughs> it's after you have so, to. It's like sugar milk. Yeah, they actually make bottles of the after you know after cereal milk. Mm. You can buy it. Really? The be- yeah, for sure. Frosted Flakes, Cheerios, Cinnamon Toast Crunch are my favorite after the cereal's gone milk moments. Fruit Loops, pretty good. How about at the very end of the box when it's like straight sugar it's, that comes it's, out? It's, it's a, a pile box. of sugar. Yeah. yeah. Just oh, yeah. That, that makes Let's for go. the best after, after <laughs> meal. Right, there you go. There you go. Yeah. So, sometimes Brenda will, will say, I don't know, what do you want to do, do for dinner tonight? And I'll go, should we just do cereal? And she goes, that's money. Let's go. Absolutely. When I was single, I'd have cereal three times a day. Fruity prep, you just fruity pebbles. Yeah. What's the difference between lunch and dinner? Difference between Frosted Flakes and Fruit Loops. Yeah, Fruity Pebbles is another one. Do you guys remember? Problem with like, Fruity Pebbles is they get soggy too fast. Do you guys? Are you, you old enough fast. to even remember Frankenberry? Okay. And blueberry. And you can still get them every Halloween. Frankenberry. Yeah, Frankenberry. What's, the, what's the blueberry one? Choc- uh, it's blueberry. Blueberry. Yeah, blueberry, right, blueberry and Frankenberry. And Count Chocula. Count Chocula. Yeah. Yep. They're all good. Frankenberry is my favorite of the three. Oh, yeah. But they come out every Halloween. So you can get them every Halloween. They're, they're awesome. You guys know the one that has moved up the ranks incredibly fast for me. It's called s'mores. Have you guys tried s'mores? There's yet? a lot. Tr- There's I a lot going it. on there. I tried it. I like it. It's good. I like it. You need, you need to give it a shot if you have not yet. <laughs> it, is, it is the real deal. But, yeah, we all love cereal. Dr. Catch is like, yep, count chocula. <laughs> He's like, <laughs> and you know what? Cereal, we all like it now. But doesn't cereal take you back to your childhood, too? I think that's why I like love you, it so you, much. You, when you're growing, it's just like something we can do that's a guilty pleasure that takes us back to our childhood. Yeah, and it tricks your brain, makes you feel like you've uh, eaten. It's it's good stuff until about two hours later. And you're like, <laughs> yeah. What have I done? Yeah, that's why you just at night. Then you go back. Now you post pictures sometimes at night where you're like eating like nine bowls yeah. before you get to bed. I'm like, yeah. for the that can't be true. It's the truth. <laughs> yeah, my wife made a compilation video of me over a month period sitting down uh, to eat every night. And how many bowls count? Boom, 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 the number of bowls. Yep. Lucky Charms. People, I, I like Lucky that's Charms. My number two. I would do the same thing with Lucky Charms that I did with, with Captain Crunch with Crunch Berries, where I would, I would eat all of the grain part of it or whatever it was made of, grain or oats or corn or whatever, and I would just You'd save, save the marshmallows. like, oh, four or five butt bites of nothing but marshmallow <laughs> charms. Yeah. That's like, that's like having your main dish and dessert in the same bowl. Tell everybody how they can reach you. Uh, so and what does the eighteen on your what's that stand what's that for on your handle? You know, um, this is kind of a cool story. If it's okay if I share, yeah, yeah. do it. So number eighteen started with Eric Drage, 
That's my uh, boy I, right I there. I loved I it's funny, I ran into a Bam Bam's barbecue. Uh but that that's kind of where the interest in the number eighteen started for me. Then it got a little bit more sentimental and I'll share it with you. So um the number one represents the atonement and the number eight re- represents eternity. Eternal. Oh wow. So so I as a kid and and I came up with this when I was you know, 12 years old, and I wore the number all th- in sports and baseball and football, and but just kind of like, you know, one one in Christ with an eternal perspective always. That's kind of where it came from. And, the, so. and, cool. and you wore that number all the way up? Yeah, through, all through high 18? school. And what's, I'll tell you what, it makes me tear up. You know, I see all my all my kids wear number 18, so they all have number 18 on their, cool. their backs or chest. Um, do you guys have, do you have a family number? Number 14. 14. My brothers played quarterbacks. Yeah, uh, and And they were, you know, Ty once came over to the house, so that solidified yeah. that forever. Yeah, for, for sure. And you have number 16. Yeah, 16 is our family, family number. So, Montana? Um, so, you know what? When I came out, um, I can't, like my freshman year, Jim, um, uh, somebody, else had, somebody else had the number that I wore. I'm trying to remember who had it. Somebody had 14. I think it was Kevin Walker, our strong safety. Mm. And so that was the number I wore in high school. And they said, that's not available. You got a senior that has it. And Jimmy Mack told me, you should wear 16. That's what I wore when I was a sophomore. And he was a senior at the time. He had just broken 76 NCAA records the year before. But remember, Jim had changed to nine. I was like, you wore 16? He goes, yeah, that's what I wore when I was a sophomore. I go, give me 16. That's awesome. And so I took 16 because Jim recommended it. And I'm like, okay, I'm going to honor that number. And, uh, and then my boys wore 16 that's when they so played. Cool. And uh, Kellen, my oldest, he, he started a couple years at Free Safety. He made me a Father's Day gift that has, um, he took a, a game scene, so me out on the field throwing a ball against San Diego State, him defending a ball against San Diego State. Me that against so cool. um, me against Utah, him making a tackle against Utah. Whoa, um, that's uh, great. Me throwing a touchdown against Wyoming, him deflecting a pass against Wyoming. And he just, um, he, he just so he had these window. That's so It's cool. like one of my favorite, favorite. That is so that's cool. It's really That's, cool. That is so cool. Yep, that hangs that hangs in my office at the house. Um, so yeah, and remember when B, it was spirit tradition honor was a, was yeah, one of their things. Good. He put that on the on this collage of pictures. So it's really one of my favorite things. That is so cool. Yep. So Very the cool. novelty of this show is, um, and we're just getting started. Really, a month and a half in as a live stream, um, BYU fans all over the world can get here on a Tuesday. Once game starts, should go through the roof, oh, well, but it's yeah. just access to what they love, which is BYU football, and then and we get to represent that quite a bit. But um, the, the sky's the limit with with the growth of the church, the connections to BYU, and Big 12, you know, raises all the boats. And so uh, we're at the cusp of something really cool here just by, just by access. People want access, and in our case, it'll be Blaine. Why did we throw a screen pass on third and seven against Baylor in the first quarter? All those things. And, and th- thankfully, Aaron runs the same offense that he ran and that I ran when we played. And we'd have a little insight since my youngest coaches, linebackers, and specialists at BYU right now. But love it. But we're and I'm telling you, Jack and Jackson and DJ, those are our behind the scenes guys. Like DJ, you know, directs all this and, and TDs it for us and. Jackson is running all of the. You see them all at the control modules I can over see here. Them all. And then Dave, these guys promise me that I can do what you're telling us that we should be doing. That once we get this thing going, that we can branch out into serial, but to some of the other things that we love, right? Into music. Yeah. Because because music is huge in our house, and we've got a daughter that's a Broadway star, and I'm, we're gonna start expanding this thing 
um, to tap into BYU folks all over the world that have different interests, and eventually we'll we'll keep our core. We're always going to talk BYU sports, yeah. but we may have those segments where we do fun stuff. You should. And I, I would I would recommend that you come up with five questions that you ask every one of your guests. Could be who's your favorite BYU player of all time? What's your favorite cereal? What, who's your favorite villain of all time? Favorite hero, superhero? It's it, just ask them crazy crazy stuff. The other thing is is going forward to help with the NIL space. You should always have the mug. So. A mug or a drink, like a bowl, it should say, you know, something like well, doTERRA or Coca-Cola or Home Depot. That's money. People will pay a lot of money for that. Ah, yeah. there yeah. you go. That's right. That's right. See, we're I, already I, talking about how to make money, boys. That's right. So that's right. Uh, before we got sidetracked, tell us how people can get a hold of you. Yes. So, so Scott Warner 18 again, consistent across all social channels. That's my user handle. Everyone should have the same user handle across all social channels, even if you don't get one. I tried to get Scott Warner the only one I couldn't get on was Instagram, so I had to go Scott Warner 18, which I'm happy with. But I, yeah. I'm telling you, athletes, stay consistent, same user handle across all platforms. you got to do it. All right. Will you come back? I would love to. Awesome. we got to get After you. We'll, we'll do like a midseason report. Yeah, hey, yeah. I would love it. BYU is going to win a football national championship before 2030. Did you hear it? Wow. You heard it first. That's we heard it. Okay, we, so, and we recorded hey, it. We'll be on the we're, podcast and, tomorrow and, morning. In our second hour, Dave Nixon. You know Dave, don't you? Have you yeah, I know Dave? Dave. Of course. He's coming up so, here in a minute. So where, is, where is good old so Dave? So he's a loser. He's going to do it from he's home. You know, when you oh, live, he's going to do it from home. Get When you live in <laughs> oh, Draper, there's a, lot of, there's a lot between us. Dude, I had there's to drive from Orm. You know? Like, seriously. Just, I want you to know. Cross the river. Hey, Robbie Bosco told me, yeah, I just come in the studio. Like, but Dave has to be in Draper, so... He's a good dude. No, yeah. he's great. We love Dave, and we work a lot of shows with him. But he's, um, he's going to come on. We're going to talk. So ESPN has this FPI thing. We're not going to tell the folks yet. We're going to get into it about how many wins they predict for BYU based on their FPI formula. It's not as many as people think. What's your What's your over under uh, win total for BYU this year? Leave us with that. It's It's twelve games, right? Eleven or twelve? Twelve. Twelve, 12. regular season. Oh, I'm going to go with. I'm going to go with ten and two. Ten and two in the regular season, says Scott. Who do you think we're going to lose to? Uh, I don't want to. Here's the schedule. Here's the schedule <laughs> in case you. Yeah, no, I know. It's easy. I'll tell you when when people ask for this question, it's um, it's it's tough to win all the games, and there's some competitive games on there. There's a lot actually, um, but when you look at that schedule with the question, who can't they beat? It's hard to come up with. They well, they're going to be ten and three. Okay, then. Who are the three teams they can't beat? And then all of a sudden you're like, uh, maybe there's just one they can't beat. I don't know. I don't know. There's you know Notre Dame is going to be really really good. Yeah. And it's it's not a neutral. So let field. me see this. Yeah. And this so is Notre here. Dame. Notre Dame is going to be. And these are the FPI percentages that that ESPN assigned winning chance. And we're going to go over those. We're going to go everybody through. I, I will just tell you that I think we're actually going to surprise and upset some people. I I don't think we beat Notre Dame, but I think we beat Baylor. I think we beat Oregon. I agree with that right there. I think we're going to lose to one of the the lower. Boise State, Utah State. Don't sleep on Liberty. Liberty. No, I mean, the the Boise State last game or last year – I still get so pit, so angry over that. I got. I can't use that. <laughs> well, word. we fumbled three times. Gave him the. We gave him twenty points. Yeah, we we yeah. served that up. We should have won that game. But but I think we're going to have the same issue. They're, I think they're going to beat Boise State this year because yeah, they're going to play with a chip on their shoulder. But Arkansas is on that schedule. Arkansas, really skilled Stanford, and really yeah, fast. Yeah. Um, Stanford's got talent. They yeah. just haven't been good the last couple of years. Um, so there's a lot for me that are that are fifty fifty. But here's here's how I feel about BYU right now. And I remember a day. I, I, like I tell Dave, I don't like to go, hey, when I played. But 
There's been Scott, different. He likes to say. No, that I never say it. I never heard it. But there's different. <laughs> there's different teams over different eras at BYU that have been really good year after year, and every one of those teams have the same ingredient, and that is they expect to win every time they walk out of the field. Like they just. When they don't win, they're like, well, that was an aberration. We, we just didn't do this and this and this. We'll fix that next week. Yeah. They just expect when they walk out on that field that they've put in the work and they're good enough and talented enough that they will not lose. And, you know, BYU had a couple seasons there with Bronco where they won 11 games, 11 games, right. 11 games. Right. You know Austin Colley. Yeah. You've worked with Austin. He and Max brought that mentality so to that good, team. Um, John Beck's senior year, they had this so mentality good. that we just don't lose. We just don't do it, right? Right. Um, I can take it back to every era when BYU kind of went on a run. I feel like right now they feel that way. I, I think they do I too. feel like they feel like we, we win. That's what we do. We're, we're going to have a great season for, for one reason in my mind. I think it's our defense. I think our defense, they're going to come surprise up. People, they're right? they're going to surprise people. Yep. Those dudes. Hey, we, we give Scott this parting gift. Yeah. That is so sweet remember us. of you. I'm sure you have like gone. 30 at home. But, <laughs> <laughs> but that's the one from right? us. That's the Thank one from us. Yeah. yeah, it's it's gonna be a fun it's gonna be a fun season. I think Jaron's gonna have a heck of a season. Yeah, I think he's gonna be a sleeper. Uh, you know, before uh, it's all said and done, is he a, is he a first round draft pick? Yes, I think he's a first round draft pick. When's the last he's time healthy, BYU sure. had back to back quarterbacks first round draft picks? Because they had three That's or four years. in a row. Well, Mark Wilson, they went. They's gonna be on the show coming they went up. Mark, Jim McMahon, to Jim, back yeah. to Steve. People. They technically don't do Steve. Because he diverted into he, the USFL. Yeah, and yeah, he, yeah. he was the number one pick in the USFL draft, which was before the NFL draft. Had Steve not signed with the USFL, he would have been Top the 10. number one overall pick. You think so? Yep. Would have been the number one overall pick. So, really? first rounder for sure. So Really? Yeah, but him yeah. and Herschel Walker, right? Would yep. Have been yeah. And, and running so backs, they, even back then, they don't value as much as they do quarterbacks. Yeah. Hey, so. tell your wife when you left the baseball game to just pick up a drink and got yeah. diverted. Just <laughs> tell her the, that uh, we yeah, say hello. I was hanging with Dave and it went a little longer than we expected. I ran into some old buddies there. and we, I just hung. Hey, this has been a blast, guys. I really appreciate you having me. Thank for you real. for glad, being here. Yes. Glad to have you, yes. Scott. Glad Scott yeah. Warner, CEO of Gig, heavily involved in NIL at BYU and uh, predicted a BYU national championship before Bef- 2030. Before 2030. And it's happening. And a 10 and 2 regular season. Let's go. This year. And you Let's can watch go. this interview again at ysguys.com as soon as we're done and also the podcast tomorrow. Thanks, brother. Thanks, Scott. Appreciate Thanks, it. Great to have you. Yep. David Nixon's coming up in just a bit. Hey, join us two weeks from tonight over on BYU TV for the season premiere of After Further Review. Here it is, an hour-long special. Tyler Algier, run into history as we look back at his record-setting season of 2021. You can watch it. Two weeks from tonight, 7 Eastern, 5 Mountain on the BYU TV app, just before and all new The Wise Guys here on wiseguys.com. And Max Hall is going to join us that night. We're still working on a running back. We'll see if we can get Harvey here. If not, we'll go to, you know, the Blue Bloods, one of the top five guys. But uh, Max is already committed for that night, and that'll be awesome. Two weeks from tonight, after further review, returns to BYU TV. All right, pro football preseason top 25. You know, right. pro football, they put out a college poll. Yeah, absolutely. And they just put that out, and uh, it's another poll where BYU's sitting right kind of where they're sitting in all the other polls. Yeah, they've, they've been consistently between number 15 and between, between number 23 in almost every poll that's come out. Of course, there's some aber- you know, there's some outside that doesn't have them ranked, and there, there was one that had them really high. But what I say we can consistently say with all these polls that are coming out, that's that, that range. But these other teams are all ranked – in yep. these polls as well. And, and you've got Notre Dame, who's been consistently a top 10 
preseason pick all in every single poll, as high as number five in some polls. You've got Baylor in this poll that comes in at number 14 and Oregon at number 15. BYU's number 19. This is in the pro football preseason top 25. You know, at Cougar Stats is a pretty good site mm-hmm. on uh, Twitter. They put out a lot of information, and they, um, they put out this uh, – the preseason AP top 25 is about a month out, right? Right. Toward the, toward the middle to end of August. Looking over the last two seasons, here are the top nine teams with the most appearances in the AP poll, as tweeted by uh, at Cougar Stats uh, earlier. Georgia, Notre Dame, Alabama tied 1, 2, and 3 uh, at 33. 1, 1A, 1B, 1C, right? And then Cincinnati was going to the Big 12. They've been in 31 times. Mm-hmm. Ohio State, 31, Oklahoma, 32, and in at number seven, BYU at number 29. 29 times they've been ranked in the AP Top 25 over the last two seasons. They finished number 11 in 2020 and number 19 last year. Oregon is number eight in that list, and Oklahoma State's 26. So of the last two years, BYU is ranked seventh as a team that's been in the top 20 more times than anyone else. Yeah. Number I'll seven. T- I'll tell you, a testament to me too is because lots of teams are ranked early in the season and fall off. The, the fact that BYU is ranked in the top 20 at the end of the season two of the last three years tells you the state of the program. Yeah. That That's more important to me than being ranked 12 three games in, right? You finish the season ranked, You that's a season. That's a season where you go, okay, that's special when you're ranked. And, and BYU finished number 11, as you mentioned, in 2020. And number 19, again, last year. I think they were underrated last year. Hey, tell us where you think BYU should be ranked here in the preseason. Uh, get on our live stream and chime in as we look at uh, the Big 12 preseason poll. Mm-hmm. The coaches poll will be out tomorrow for the Big 12 as Media Day kicks off in Arlington, Texas. They go Wednesday and Thursday. Next year, BYU will be at these meetings. Will you and I get to starting next year vote in the preseason media poll for the so. Big 12? I, I hope, hope so. we get to. And maybe we'll do this show from the Big 12 meetings. I hope we do. We should. Um, but, uh, you know, the future of the league will be a discussion point tomorrow when we hear from the commissioner. But why don't you roll out the BYU, uh, the, the Big 12 media preseason poll, and then um, and then I want you to reveal where you think BYU would actually fit in that poll if they were in the league this year. Yeah, absolutely. So, so the Big 12 media – Poll and as you mentioned, coaches poll coming out tomorrow. It'll be interesting to see how that matches up. But the media have Baylor number one. They have them repeating as champions. And remember, um, Baylor is going to be at BYU yeah. on September 10th. That'll be a great be rematch. Awesome. Yeah, it'll be a great rematch. Number two is Oklahoma, uh, and they got 12 first place votes. Baylor had right, 17. 17. Isn't it interesting though that Oklahoma maybe knocked a tiny bit off their perch because I can't remember the last time they weren't preseason number one. Yeah. And in, in the media poll for the league, Oklahoma number two, not surprising. Oklahoma State number three with nine first place votes. Texas is number four. They're picked fourth in the Big Twelve. Yeah, what's happened to Texas? And that's Steve Sarkeesian down there, former yeah. Cougar quarterback, now so, the head coach. But that surprised me. They got two, two first place two votes. Two first place votes. But I sat there and I go, Texas is not back. Yeah, They're and pick then number four. Kansas State is picked fifth. Um, over Iowa State, who's at six. Iowa State um, got one first-place vote, which is interesting. Thanks, so, Coach. Um, but interesting, because Iowa State's been on a pretty good or run. a media poll, yeah. Iowa State's been on a pretty good run the last couple years. Yeah. And, but in this poll, Kansas State's ahead. TCU number seven. Um, eight, West Virginia. 
nine Texas Tech, and ten Kansas. Ten doesn't surprise anybody, right? Right. If this was the basketball, how about bowl, Kansas they, going into one. Austin beating Texas last year? I know Kansas be number one in the basketball <laughs> bowl. But but I'll tell you, it's interesting that TCU and West Virginia at seven and eight. What's happened to those two programs? They stopped playing defense. Remember TCU used to have yeah. the best defense in the Mountain West? Both teams kind of went to the spread, throwing it all over the place, Texas Tech kind of mentality, and and now they're perennially there. It's just surprising to me that they haven't been better. So where do you think BYU fits in that preseason poll? Um, based on what I know BYU has coming back, I would have them third behind Baylor and Oklahoma. Ahead of Oklahoma State? Yep. And ahead of Texas? Yep. That's where I'd have them. I'd have them in my preseason media poll, if I was voting this year, which I'm not, I would have them number three. That's interesting. Prob- That's a little higher I would, than I, I thought. would probably have Iowa State and Kansas State reversed. At five and six? Yep. Texas, you'd have four? Yeah. Or, or they'd be fifth, I guess, fifth. right? I'd, well, everybody would get bumped down one because, because BYU would be in the league. But I'd go Baylor. Actually, I would go Oklahoma one, Baylor two, BYU three. remember three. Oklahoma, they got a new coach. All their quarterbacks left. I know. It's and, Oklahoma. And Baylor's got the same coach, but their quarterback left. Well, and they, they have a guy that started the end of the season. I, I just look at Baylor. People are forgetting. They they lose like six of their back seven on defense, and that defense was awesome. And then they, they do have a couple of really good offensive linemen back, but they lose three offensive linemen, if I remember right. And yeah. So I'm just like, Oklahoma just typically reloads. I think Baylor had a special, special year with a lot of veterans, even some COVID seniors. And so I think Baylor comes back to reality. But two's not bad in that league, right? So I would go Oklahoma one, Baylor two, BYU three, Oklahoma State four, Texas five, Iowa State six, Kansas State seven, TCU eight, West Virginia nine, Texas Tech ten, and Kansas eleven. If you just stuck BYU in them. Now, you didn't ask me if if Cincinnati and Central Florida and Houston were in there. I, I would still put BYU at three. At number three. But, but I would have Cincinnati up there right after Oklahoma State before Texas. Even though Cincinnati's losing a lot of talent, I'd lose that quarterback who's been phenomenal. I so. don't get Texas. You know, I served my mission down there in Austin, and it was such a cool place and a great campus. Shaley Gonzalez, the outstanding BYU women's basketball players transferring to Texas. She wants the chance to get to the NCAA tournament, win an NCAA tournament, and get to the WNBA and – you know what? Texas can can do yeah, that. Yeah, she can do it. And, and, and you know uh, what? Shaley's – some people transfer out and we think – I'm not going to mention names, but what what are they doing? They're yeah. not going to play why a different – Why would you do that? They're, they're going to play a lesser role where they're going. But why right? would Caleb Lohner go to Baylor, that's, number one? That's that's one that I'm thinking yeah. of. But there's right. more than that that I'm sure. thinking of. But Shaley? No, she'll be a star at Texas. She's as good as anybody they have or better. Like, she's, she's a legitimate superstar that can play at any level and I think will play in the WNBA. And BYU may play Shaley. Yeah. Yep. Next her senior year, year right? Her senior year, next yeah. year. Not this so, season, so next season. Yeah, Shaylee is a little bit different. She's the best. She's the last two years the best player in the WCC. Yeah. So she's, yeah. And I, it's a big I, hole you know for what? BYU to now, fill. We love Shaylee. We hope she does unbelievably well. David Nixon played linebacker at BYU between 2003 and 2008 with a church mission to Ecuador there in the middle. Finished with 137 solo tackles, 43 tackles for loss, 12 sacks and three interceptions. Signed as a free agent by the Raiders in 2009. Played in three regular season games that season. Also played three games for the Texans the following year and had stops with the Rams twice, the Dolphins, the Raiders, before settling into life as a commercial real estate tycoon. I like that word, tycoon. And BYU football 
analyst on BYU TV, and he joins us. Look at that, and he's. It's apparently wow. we're shave free. This is the is this shave, after further is this review is still two June weeks away. What's up, brother? I've got two weeks to grill this out, and uh, I got to shave in two weeks. You ready for AFR? Wait, but wait, hey, why don't go. you why don't you do the first show when we do the Tyler Algiers show? That very first one, shave the sides and do a goatee, <laughs> right? And then somebody's gonna squawk about it. Then, then shave the stash. <laughs> and just leave the beard, just like a little goater, and then shave everything and leave a love a soul patch right here. Can, can we can we put up a poll? Maybe we'll just see what people want to see. I, I can craft this however you guys want it. So oh. Just let me know, David. I, Blaine just gave you three pieces of bad information. <laughs> <laughs> Sounds about right. Sounds about right. Dave, when have I ever led you wrong? Never. No comment. <laughs> <laughs> hey, look, uh, ESPN's football power index. They're forecasting a seven and four season for BYU. Wait, seven and wait a minute. Yeah, seven to four. Seven right? and five. Seven and five. Seven and five season for BYU. Uh, what do you think of that? It's too low. Listen, people have been sleeping on BYU for years now, and, and BYU goes out there and exceeds expectations every year. I think the the floor for this team is eight and four. I think the ceiling is is obviously much higher. This, this team with when you look at all the guys returning. Um, and coming back to this team with great experience. We're talking not just experience against Podunk teams, but teams at Baylor, who you know BYU will be playing with next year. Bonafide great teams. These guys went out there week in and week out and played because of injuries and other issues this, this BYU football team has had in years past. And, and you throw that all together and you put it against the schedule BYU has, you know, yes, the P5s this year are better. I, I think from top to bottom, the P5s are better than what BYU's faced yeah. probably in years past. Last year, BYU had the most P5s they've ever faced. But I think I would argue probably this year's P5s, the, the, the level in, in, in each team individually, when you when you put that all together, I think the level of those teams is probably the best BYU's ever faced. Um, but you talk about experience. I think this is one of the most veteran teams that, that BYU's fielded in, in over a decade. When, when you look at the experience that these guys have played, maybe not juniors and seniors per se, but you talk about game reps, game experience, this team's got to be up there with some of the most experienced BYU teams that have ever touched the field. And 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 this this if we just look at it's the FPI, you know the formula they use. And remember that changes every week. Like if BYU goes out and beats uh, uh, South Florida and Baylor in back to back games, then all of a sudden the winning percentages change, and you know they ha- they'll have them win against Arkansas and Boise State. But right now, they have them losing to Baylor, Oregon, Notre Dame, Arkansas, and Boise State. What do you think about that? I, I Listen, we saw what BYU did in the Pac-12 last year. So for the fact they're riding off against Oregon after BYU swept the Pac-12 last year and beat Utah, who would have beat Oregon and smacked an Oregon in the Pac-12 championship game, I'm not sure where that's coming from. Uh, Arkansas, I can get to Arkansas. You look at Boise State. It took Boise State four turnovers, all deathly turnovers, and they barely beat BYU last year. Um, I mean, listen, I might have my blue goggles on, but I'm telling you, this team, we've, we've done this in the years past, dating back to Zach Wilson, where we underestimated this BYU football team. And year in, year out, they come out and they've proven us wrong. And so uh, I, I think this is one of those years where I like being the underdog. It's always nice to be the underdog, not have that pressure on your shoulders. Uh, but with the schedule they're facing and, and with the talent they got coming back, I just don't see how they don't go at least eight wins. I think nines is very realistic at this point. Maybe even 10, get to double digit like we've seen the last few years. I'm kind of surprised that uh, Baylor, 
they give BYU a 42.8% chance to win. Uh, it's the home opener. It's at night. It's a Big 12 team after all the joining the Big 12 and all of that stuff. Baylor handled them last year, but in the handling, beat them by 14 points. BYU comes back bigger, better, stronger, and at home. And, and elevation. I think they win that game. Right? I, think they, I think they beat Baylor in that game. I, I think you, you throw in the factor of Baylor graduated most of their offensive line. They had, one, they had one of the best offensive lines in the country. Maybe we get to that here in a little bit. I think BYU now, the, the, the scripts have been flipped a little bit. I think BYU now has one of the best offensive lines in the country. They graduated the majority of their secondary and their stud receivers. And so I think Baylor is looking to refill and reload a little bit. Uh, whereas in BYU comes in, and once again, I'm, I, this, I feel like it's not like a broken record, but uh, you look at the depth chart, and these are names that we've seen in this program for the last two or three years. Uh, and these are guys that, because of injuries, have had to step in and have perform, performed really well. And so I, I, I'm drinking the Kool-Aid. Uh, obviously, Vegas and, and other people aren't. Uh, but that's okay. We like, you like to be in that spot. Uh, and, then, and then you go out there and prove everybody wrong and, and, and hopefully you have a great season this year. And then you go into the Big 12 on a super big high. Here's what I don't get with that beard. There's nothing growing on your cheeks. Yeah, hey. and, and by the way, um, BYU Sports Addict What is said, that? It's like he no said, man's He land. said, um, there's not a single gray hair in that beard. What's up with that? And then, <laughs> by the way, we did... Oh, yeah, there's some we, right there. We, oh, oh, there's a little yeah, bit. We did some. an Insta poll <laughs> on whether you should go the mustache, the goatee, or the soul patch. 75% of the respondents said go with the soul patch. Shave, by the way, was not an option. <laughs> Shave clean you, was Were not you the only option. vote, or how did that work? <laughs> no, 75% of those polled said soul patch. Just think with millions, at 75%. Yeah. I, I don't know about that. So, And somebody's asking which mission in Ecuador you served in. Uh, Quito, Quito, one of our one of our uh, streaming partners here. I don't know what do we call them. What do you guys want to be streamers? called out there? Are they streamers? What are they called? Our stream, they, the people that join us and and contribute, uh, said he served in the Guayaquil mission. Guayaquil, yeah, yeah. Guayaquil. So he's wondering. Yeah, that was a little further southwest, but, uh, but same country. So we're basically brothers. And so Lin- wherever you are, and Linda Murray, by the way, Linda Murray um, says. Do the Top Gun mustache look. So that's what she's saying. Do that. Do the Top Gun mustache hey, look. You guys want to know the true story behind this? Yeah. Yes. There has to be. We moved homes two weeks ago, and I cannot find my electric razor to save my life right now. And Dave does use an electric razor at all times. Trust me, if he doesn't have an electric razor, there's he no shaving. He can't shave with a blade. He, these no. guys know me best. Right before going AFR, I get a, you know, I get a, what do they call it, 12 o'clock shadow? Yep. Uh, and so I always shave right before we go on air just so it's nice and clean cut. Most people get a 5 o'clock shadow, but Dave shaves in the morning and then he has a noon shadow. <laughs> yeah, it's a 12 or 5, whatever you want to go with. He's, I mean, he's a guy so manly. That <laughs> it takes a team no, of makeup. I was, was going to do a little. Do you remember this the Little Rascals? I like to join your guys' show. The <laughs> little, talks me up. The <laughs> Little Rascals movie, do you remember that line? Dave Nixon's a guy so manly. If he fell off a building, he'd go out of his way to fall on a girl. I don't know that one. The little rascals. Hey, Scott Warner was on with us a few minutes ago, and he left, and he texted when you came on. He said uh, his mom just let him know that she and Dave Nixon's mom, Laura, were roommates at BYU. What? Back in the day. And uh, his mom dated your Uncle Mark back in college. That's my Uncle Mark. Yeah. I so mean, anyway, yeah. that's, the, that's yeah. Scott so Warner chiming in. What you're telling me is we're, we're basically brothers at this point. <laughs> yep. Well, and and Dave, and Dave, you want to be his brother. You Dave's, want to get in on that. I know, I knew Dave's mother-in-law way before Dave was a twinkle in anybody's eye. Yeah. So, 
Yep. Which is amazing because he's not that young. No, he's not that young. <laughs> hey, uh, who hits you the hardest in the NFL? Um, there were a few. I would probably go with, um, I mean, listen, any fullback that you face and you try to go as a linebacker, you come meet them in the hole. Oh, yeah. yeah. The NFL fullbacks, the thing about them is they're all only like five, eight. And they're all like 250 pounds of just rock solid muscle. So the leverage game, when you talk about leverage, we'll talk about this in AFR all the time, right? We yeah. will this year, we have in the past. When, when you're going up against these fullbacks that are 5'8", 5'10", and just 250 pounds of mean muscle, the leverage game is not in your favor as a 6'3 guy. So there were some times where I met in some, in some drills. There were some guys I met in the middle, in the hole. And I'm trying to remember. With the Raiders, um, goodness gracious. He, uh, he played for years in the NFL. Anyways, he was a tank. I remember hitting him and just my head hurting. <laughs> there are a lot of guys. That's the thing about the NFL. I talk to guys who are going to play the NFL. And I tell I tell them is I tell them is you're going against even on special teams. You're going against the guy across from you was first team All SEC, yeah. right? I mean these aren't scrubs. The, the the guys you're going up against week in and week out are guys that are you know first team uh, SEC, ACC, all the big conferences, and so you're going against dudes that are are pretty capable. And frankly, guys that probably should be starting in the NFL, but they're behind a veteran that's been playing for ten or twelve years. So uh, there are a lot of hard hits. We we um, asked we asked Chad Lewis, who did you get hit the hardest? But of course, he's playing tight end. Guess who he said? Ray. Yeah, Ray Lewis. He's like, yeah, yeah Ray. That's probably a, that's probably a consensus across the board. That guy was, that guy was, that guy yeah. was a mean dude. He's like, but of course, Dave played on the same side of the ball as Ray, so you didn't have to hit him. But Chad's like, without hesitation, yeah, Ray Lewis. He hit me. Now who? Did Lorenzo Neal. That's the name. Oh, of the Lorenzo. Lorenzo. Didn't he play at Fresno State? Yes. In college. Like I remember West, Lorenzo. Guy. Yeah. Who, who did you hit the hardest? Who did I hit the hardest? So. Kind of my claim to fame in the NFL was this great. This story is great. If we have time, you yeah, got, we got, time. we got time. We got time. My third year in the NFL, I got released by this, by the Rams. You read off my bio, my biography. I went to the dolphins for a quick little bit, got released there. And I was on my couch for the first half of the season. We're talking eight weeks by about five, by about the fifth week. I pretty much stopped working out. I, my body was beat up from training camp. I was just tired. So I just kind of took it easy for probably about three weeks. Weren't you All slumming, with, weren't you, weren't you slumming with us? Weren't you slumming with us during that yes. time? Yeah. Uh, no. Yes. Were you was. with us? Yeah. 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 I was. And so all of a sudden, my agent calls and said, hey, the Rams want to come work you out. They've had some injuries. And I was like, oh, boy. I literally <laughs> haven't worked out for like three weeks. <laughs> so I go into – the workout it's only me they worked out another guy uh chase blackburn who had played for the new york giants they worked him out right before me and i go in and they're running me through drills they have the gm the head coach the head the head guy uh, player personnel um and my position coach and they're running me through drills and guys i am sucking wind like i'm struggling <laughs> but i was hiding it really well i stand up tall and I, as i'd walk away i like take big deep breaths to try to recover <laughs> I somehow make it to the workout, and I was like, that was one of the worst workouts ever. All of a sudden, I get a call from my agent. I shower up, get a call from my agent. He's like, they're signing you today. Wow. They're signing you to their roster. 
Wow. Like they need you to. So it wasn't to even contribute. to the practice squad. It was to the roster. Straight up to the roster. We need you to contribute. They need you to contribute like ASAP. I'm like, oh my gosh. So I, so I walk into meetings the next day. Up on the up on the uh, projector is my name starting on every single special team. Oh my gosh. Nice. And immediately I thought of my hip flexors. I'm like, those things are about to be shredded. Right? <laughs> so we go that week. We played the Cleveland Browns. This is the year that we went two and 14. Oh. We were terrible. We got our head coach fired because we were so bad. Um, and Sam Bradford was our quarterback, which I don't want to throw anybody under the bus, but Sam was terrible. <laughs> um, and so we go play the Browns. We're, we're losing. I think I think it was nine, seven to nine. I mean, it was a terrible game. Fourth quarter, six minutes left. We punt the ball. We're going, I'm running down full speed. Um, Josh Cribs, you gotta remember that name, Josh Cribs. He's a returner, gets it, tries to make a move on a guy. And I see him expose the ball a little bit. And I come down and I lay a hit on him and I, I knock the ball loose. We recover on their 30 yard, 30 yard line. Of course we go three now. And, uh, we kicked the field goal to win the game. Hey, nice job. After the game, we walk in the locker room. Steve Spagnuolo, our head coach, has the game ball, and he gives it to me. Yes. <laughs> That's I like a the Disney game movie. Ball. I get the game ball, and I hadn't worked out for three, four weeks prior to <laughs> that game. Um, so it's a testament to all you guys who are, who are feeling pretty crappy about yourself. Just takes one workout, get in there, get it done. Why we'll oh, I thought the lesson was going to be – Never stop working out. Always be prepared. And the lesson is, go ahead and slack off. Take the fall You'll off. You'll still get a game ball? What kind of a lesson <laughs> let is Let your body rest. I hope there's if no... body's fatigued, let it rest. I hope there's that's no young people is. listening to this podcast because that's I don't just, know how we haven't heard that story like 30 right times over the last That's few bad years. form. Whatever oh, you do, man. just slack off because you'll still get a game ball. What kind of a message is that for the kids? I'm just—it's the truth. I'm just speaking the truth right <laughs> okay, now. Okay, I know. <laughs> David, I read in uh, high school you ran the forty and four point five. If you were to run it tonight, what would the time be? Easy, four point five. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> I think you might want to flip those numbers. It might be a five point four right now. Hey, I'd, I'd be happy with a five point four right now for either of us. Honestly, so. I have no idea what I run. I I can think I'm still athletic, but every once in a while I actually try and go run, and I feel like I'm moving really fast. But then I realize like little kids are flying by, me, and <laughs> I, I just it's really defeating. But uh, I used to be fast. At least that's what I tell my kids. I used to be fast. Yeah. We we all used to be. But hey, everybody's everywhere I go, people are pulling me aside and saying, "Okay, you know how good are they going to be?" And and I'm I'm with you. I I think. That, I, I put nine as my over under number. I think with the right breaks, they could, you know, they could win 10 in the regular season, you know, and it'd be really, really special if they yeah. did. They'd be ranked. But everybody goes, but what about the defense? How's the defense going to be? Are they going to be better? Um, are these backers back? What, what's your thought on the defense? Did they take a step forward this year or not? You know, Blaine, you and I went to fall or to spring ball this year. We got a good chance to watch these these guys, especially with Wilgar and Peely kind of nursing their injuries. There are a lot of young guys that got some really valuable reps during spring ball. Uh, it was fun to watch, you know, other kids step up and get those reps. Um, I, I like this defense a lot. Listen, I, I've been on record saying I do wish BYU during this offseason maybe would have got one or two JUCO, JUCO guys or maybe one or two transfers to shore up that defensive line. Um, only because that defensive line has had some serious injuries in years past. But assuming everyone's healthy, I mean, you look at Atunas and Mahe, you look at Caden Haas, uh, you look at Tyler Batty on the outside. 
I mean, this this BYU defense has guys who, once again, have, have been around the block and have contributed. And then the linebackers, I, I really like the linebackers. As you guys know, I took some flack last year in AFR saying that this, I thought, was one of the best linebacker groups in the country. Unfortunately, injury kind of, you know, derailed that a little bit. Uh, but you've got Wilgar coming back. you got Peely coming back. you got uh, Ben Bywater on the outside. You've got Max Tooley, who's back there. Um, you've got Pepe Tanavasa, who's gotten some valuable reps, who's going to be able to rotate in. Um, I, I like this linebacker core. Of course, it always comes down to injuries. Can these guys stay healthy? Um, you know, you throw Jack Scafusi, Josh Wilson, some of these other guys in there. Uh, Dave, people forget. Like They're like, oh, they couldn't stop the run. And I'm going, are you guys forgetting that when all of those guys Dave just mentioned were healthy, Utah couldn't run it at all on them. Arizona State couldn't run it on them, right? When they were healthy, people couldn't run the ball. And when they started to be depleted, especially at that linebacker position, because um, linebackers are the guys that fill those holes and step up and, and make the plays, right? D linemen are block eaters. Linebackers make tackles. It's it's never the D tackle that leads the team to tackle. It's the middle backer, right? Yeah. And uh, so they could stop the run when they were healthy. So why would we think any differently? But people act like, oh, they couldn't stop the run last year. How are they going to do it this year? Am I crazy thinking that they'll be good? I, I think they'll be exceptional, honestly. I, and once again, this ongoing theme of guys getting these valuable reps while those studs were having to rehab or were out because of injuries. And so, um, you know, I, th- I think you add them all in the mix. The one name to look out for is my little nephew, Michael Daly. That's right. He, he's been running with the twos and, and getting some solid reps. And so I think you might see him out there on the field. He's looking good. Is he playing backer uh, or? They've got him playing Mike. Oh, right they now. have a Mike backer. And then, yeah. then his younger brother, when's he coming back? He's on his mission. He just hit, uh, I think, 13 months on his mission. Okay. So, so he'll be back, not so, not next season, next but se- oh, he'll be back next season then. Yeah, back next season. He'll, Pro- he'll probably gray shirt or red shirt, right? Yeah. Yep. He's hey. in Brazil right now. But uh, but I, I do. I like this defense. I, I really do. I, defensive line is something that's always going to be kind of ever-evolving, but they've got so many horses. I mean, throw Chaz Ayu in there as well, who they've got uh, working out. They're at the flash. I mean – there's just a lot of moving pieces that they're going to find ways to get these guys on the field. And to your point, Blaine, I mean, early on in the season when everyone was healthy, that defense was, I mean, yeah, you go back to that Utah game, they were flying around and right. knocking Utah off the ball. I mean, it was, it was, a, it was, and, and Utah wasn't used to that. Utah in the past 10 years is they've been more dominant up front. And all of a sudden they ran to BYU as a buzzsaw. And then of course the rest of the season they played well. And so you look at BYU, when healthy, they can hang really with anybody in the country. I, I, I firmly believe that. But it's it's being healthy. And we that's one thing heading into the Big 12, this, this team's got to get better at is, is building depth because when those ones go down, you've got to have a guy that's that's up to par with those ones that can step in and, and, and contribute because that's what the Big 12 is all about, right? When you step into P5, it's week in and week out. Yep. David Dixon is with us tonight from BYU TV and – uh, selling everything if everything for sales got his name on it. If you drive around, it's like selling half <laughs> yeah, the he state. Sells, he's, oh. Anything hey. that's commercial real estate in this state has Dave's name on it. One day, one day he drove by and just put a for sale sign up in front of my house, and yeah. I said, I'm, "This isn't for sale." You said, "Dave, it's residential." Just, it, but this is not a commercial thing. AFR debuts in two weeks. Tyler Algier run into history. We'll look back at his year last year. What do you think his chances are with the Falcons? I, I mean, you look at what they did you know, moving their running backs and not resigning them. I think Tyler's got a fantastic shot to come in and compete. I don't think anything will be handed to him as a fifth round pick 
nothing's gifted to you. Um, but this is a guy who I, I think his worth ethics uh, will, will show through first practice. I think they'll realize this guy's just, just, he's just a beast. And it, his motor always runs. He's humble. Uh, he's willing to do whatever it takes. And I'm telling you what, guys rally around that, especially in the NFL. Because that's not a common trait that a lot of guys have yeah. is a strong work ethic like that and a, and a, and a humble willing to take the back seat. Um, and I think you'll see that they'll, they'll, they'll rally around him seeing that he's not there. To, it's, not, it's not all about Tyler. Um, I mean, the play, the play that I always love is, of course, the Arizona State play where he hawks down, uh, you know, the, the defender and, and punches the ball out. But what I love most about it was the way he just nonchalantly gets up and just starts walking back to the huddle. He wasn't pumping his chest. He wasn't trying to, to, to point to the crowd. It, it was just like it was another play for him. And I think that's his, his approach to everything when it comes to football. Um, the kid's just a humble, hard worker. And, and NFL guys will rally around that. His offensive line will love him. And, and I think they'll block their butts off for him. And so I think he has a fantastic shot of, of having a, uh, a great shot, not only making the team. I think, I think his spot on the team's is pretty solid. Yeah. Um, As a draft pick with signing bonus and all that, yeah, he could become the starter. What? So Atlanta season opener is against the Saints, um, and and Taysom Hill. So Tyler and Taysom would face off. Um, it, and we told people at the beginning that that's your bro-in-law, that's your brother-in-law. He married your sister, who's also a phenomenal athlete, right? Um, I hope he walks around and tells everyone that you're his brother-in-law. Yeah, he does. I hope it goes he back does. And forth. Um, well, I, I will say when he was in college. My sister is when I was still playing the NFL. My sister would always tell him, "Listen, if our kids don't make the NFL, it's because of you. Not, <laughs> yes. Your jeans, not my jeans." She's nice. tall. Your sister, so you she's tall, and she's athletic. Yeah, like it's not Taysom. So, um, how's you know what? What can you tell us about his foot after last year's injury? Um, and how many positions do you think he'll play this year? <laughs> yeah, listen, he's uh he's on track. Uh, he's he's running on it. He's able to kind of go. I wouldn't say he's full speed on it yet, but every day it's getting better and better. Um, we just had the surgery a couple of weeks ago to get the screws out. You know, they take the screws out with those, those franks. Um, and so he's been nursing that. He hasn't been around for the OTAs because he's, he's been trying to get his foot ready. Uh, but he's been in good communication with the coaching staff. And, and I think they're, they're expecting him to come in um, and, and contribute. And whether that's a running back, a tight end, uh, even a quarterback, I, I think there's going to be packages like we've seen uh, with him in the past. I mean, you got to remember, Sean Payton left, but the offensive coordinator – stayed there. And the office coordinator is the one that was calling these plays for Taysom before he got hurt. So uh, there's some familiarity there that, that I don't think, um, yeah, I think that will, that will play out and, and, and Taysom will still be involved in lots of different areas, but um, it'll be interesting to see how it goes. I think he'll, you know, it sounds like he'll bounce around from the quarterback room to the tight end room to get some looks at that running back. I mean, it's going to be really the same thing he's done in years past. Um, and we'll see how the whole quarterback thing plays out. I will say that he still wants to play quarterback. There's, yeah. That's no secret. He's very vocal about that. I still think he can still play quarterback. I mean, his record proves to be uh, that he's a winning quarterback in the NFL. Um, but uh, I'll be interested to see if he gets another shot or, or how everything plays out this year. All right, let's finish with this last question. Can you believe that USC is in the Big Ten? <laughs> uh, I can't. And honestly – every day something changes with this whole realignment stuff. I can't keep track of it. There's rumors here, rumors there. Uh, But the fact that they're off, I I did see something about today that the the California Board of Regents is going to be suing UCLA or or they're they're pursuing some type of legal action to maybe block UCLA from going. So I don't know what's going on, but uh, what what a crazy world. 
listen, I'm not a big advocate of it. I, you know, you're basically going to an NFL model, AFC, NFC with the Big Ten and the SEC. Um, so it's not, I don't think any college football fans truly love it. Even the fans of SEC and Big Ten conferences, I don't think love it. Yeah. Uh, but that's what's happening. You can't really fight it. That's what's, that's what they decided. So I, every day is crazy. We'll see how this all plays out, but, uh, man, crazy times. Yeah. I don't think people at Penn state care about playing UCLA ever. Yeah. So it's just it's just not part of the history, and this is a game of history that we all respect. How about our friends up at uh, up north of here? Uh, a couple of weeks ago, they're feeling like kings of the hill, and now all of a sudden, one more school leaves that league, uh, and and that league might just crumble. Yeah, there they won't be there won't be a hill to stand on anymore here yeah. soon enough. Um, I, you know, I've talked to a lot of Utah fans as we all have, and. and I think they're watching that news just as intently as we are. I, who knows how it'll play out? I, I personally would love to see them in the Big 12. It'd be fun to spark that uh, rivalry back up and, yeah. and have that game mean something. You know, going back to the Mountain West Conference days, we used to that, that game was the last game of the year, and it was usually to decide who won the Mountain West. Yep. Yeah. And so you had a lot of riding on it. It was, it was fun. It was fun. It was fun for players. I know sometimes fans can be funny and, and finicky that way and say, oh, we don't want to play BYU or we don't want to play Utah. I'll tell you what, the players love it because a lot of these players went to high school with each other yeah. and they split off and went different ways to, to Utah and BYU and uh, with the rivalry and what it does and with neighbors, everything, I, players love it. So I would love to see it come back, um, but who knows? Who knows if it will? Maybe they stick with the Pac-10 and, and run it back another uh, decade or so. I, so, I told please. Dave earlier in the show, I want to Brett Yormark, the Big 12 commissioner, to come on tomorrow and say, Yep, we've picked off Washington, <laughs> Oregon, Arizona State, and Utah. They're coming to the Big Twelve. We're yeah. going to be the Big Sixteen because those are the four schools I want. Yeah, and but I, 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 that, would, I know that that's not going to happen. But that's what I'm, my wish is. I would gladly take those teams, and you could build a really strong conference. I mean, I, yeah, yeah, I, I would be that would that be conference. Good. If you brought Washington, Oregon, Utah, and Arizona State with what currently exists in the Big Twelve, that conference could compete with the Big Twelve, the Big Ten. I think. My only, my only thing would be you've got to find some way to lock those schools in so they don't have uh, bigger eyes trying to go pursue yeah, the next grant, grant of rights, Grant of rights deal through 56. That's yeah. what that happened. $100 million termination fee yep. to get out. That's yep. what you got to do. That's what you do. So. Live with Grizzly Adams tonight on The Wise Guys. Hey, we'll see you. Right. We'll, we'll see you in two weeks. weeks. Enjoy it while you can. Two weeks from today. Two the, weeks from today. Yeah. After further review, we'll be back on the tube. And don't, don't forget, no, everybody voted for the goatee. No, have, a, have a little guts. So I, I added a late-minute clean shave. I think that's probably winning. Yes. Winning yeah. so. hey. I, I personally vote for that, too. This gets too itchy. I'm not a big fan of it, so yeah, it's going to be I, I, can't, I can't stand it. Tell your wife she's doing a great job with the house. It's all decorated it's behind you. It's beautiful. The bookcase great. behind you looks great. I've, I've told her I've got to sprinkle in some BYU stuff. I've got to... I got my little Raiders brick over there. If you can see that one in the <laughs> yeah, corner. Yeah, it's, it's looking a little oh, too yeah, it looks a little is. too generic. I want some more stuff it's, in there. It's a little too artsy-fartsy, so yep. we got we to spin it up a little It's bit. like Better Homes and Gardens kind of a thing right there. <laughs> That's what we do. Hey, Nix, we'll see right, you in Dave. two weeks. See you, buddy. Awesome. Thanks, guys. Have a good one. The great David Nixon, two weeks from tonight, back for, I think, our 10th season of After Further yep. Review over on BYU TV. He's great, and he'll be on with us a lot. And uh, what a... What a luxury to have uh, have him with BYU TV and and uh, access to to hear on on this show. A couple of notes before we get into this day in history, and we say goodnight. Kalani Sataki today named to the preseason 
watch list yes. for the 2022 Dodd Trophy for Coach of the Year. He's one of 20 nominees. Last year, he was a finalist for the Eddie Robinson Coach of the Year. Should have won it. Uh, well, what's not to love about 21 and four over the last 25 games, including six they, and one? They win 10 games. He'll, he'll win it. He'll win it this next 10. year. And then Clark Barrington in the news today. Yeah. What? Oh, yeah. That's right. Clark, where is it? He was named Athlon Sports preseason oh, All America right. third team. I was looking to see which team at it left was. guard. We got and this a lot is of and this here. isn't this isn't the first this isn't the first preseason no. All American team that Clark's been named to. So he's getting a lot of accolades before the season even starts. That offensive line is going to be something. Special. Bill Steele had him the first team. What third team tells me is he's the third best left guard in America. In, in America. That's pretty good. That's not bad at all, right? That so. is pretty good. All right, so. the 150th Open Championship starts Thursday at the Old Course at St. Andrews in Scotland. Tony Finau yeah. is paired with Hideki Matsuyama. Yeah, that's my guy. Uh, and Will Zelatoris at 3.20 a.m. Utah time. That's on Thursday. Tiger's going to start around 8 Utah time. Who do you got in that tournament? I'm taking Rory McIlroy. I'm going to go with uh, Spieth, Jordan Spieth. Going to Jordan, He's huh? been playing good. Yeah, I'm going with Rory. I, I hope Tiger wins. When, 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 we, when I was in the Masters a couple of months ago, um, we were hanging around with Tony's um, – dad and family um and Kalepe Tony's dad everybody on the tour calls him Pops and Rory came under the ropes and said hey Pops and gave him a hug I didn't realize that Tony and Rory have been friends since they were kids yeah really really cool so all of a sudden I'm a, I have a big rooting interest in Rory and and so and he's playing really well right now so I got Rory in that and hey we remind Tony uh you can't win it on the first day but you can lose it yes so yes. let's just get through round one well and remember I got an invite to the British this yeah. year, and I couldn't work it out in the schedule because I needed to be here with you guys. This day in history, July 12th. Let's just go through six yes. points. All very, very interesting. This I got to do the first one. Yeah, why don't you go ahead? Because this is more near and dear to me because I love the musical, but you don't care about it. I haven't seen the musical. Okay. In 18, but I do care about American you history. You care about American history. In 1804, former U.S. Secretary of the Treasury Alexander Hamilton dies after being shot in a duel the previous day by Vice President Aaron Burr. Was that in the musical? Oh, yes, it absolutely is. Why, why are two grown men out having a duel they just, at the highest how, levels of American government and one kills the other? Well, and, and Alexander was trying to do the right thing and raise his gun into the air, and Burr freaked out and shot him. Was it a cheap shot? Is that what you're saying? It was a cheap yeah, shot? like he shouldn't have shot him. So, 1933 on this day, Congress passed the first minimum wage law, 33 cents an hour. I bagged groceries at Albertsons in Orem for three thirty-five an hour, wow. and now it's like fifteen bucks an hour. Wow! So, yeah. right. nineteen forty-nine baseball owners agree to construct a warning track before the home run fence in the outfield. Isn't that interesting? I wonder how many guys we just ran thought, right into the wall. <laughs> there's yep. no. I'm not standing on any dirt. Okay, I'm we've just had, going we've in. We've had thirty-seven concussions this year. We need to put a <laughs> warning track out there. Nineteen fifty-seven on this day, U.S. Surgeon General Leroy Burney connects smoking. With lung cancer. And that changed everything in, in the United States. Uh, evidently, in Europe, nobody cares. Can you imagine you used to be able to fly, not in our lifetime, fly on a plane where people smoked? Yeah, I would sit in the row right in front of the smoking section, and I would say, how is this not the smoking Wait, section? You are a little older than me. I don't, I've never been on one of oh, those. Oh, gosh, I've been on one. I was a kid, though. All right. 1962, the Rolling Stones' first performance at the Marquee Club in London. That's awesome. Yep. Pretty that makes awesome. today. How about 1976 on this day? Family Feud debuts on ABC with Richard Dawson. Do you know that my wife, Brenda, and her family were on Family Feud? Did they win? They didn't do so good. And Brenda's answer, so they, her, they said, name a sloppy food. 
Like a sloppy Joe. Wouldn't that be your number one answer? That should be. Brenda said salad. What? She said salad. Was she like afraid of the cameras? No, she got like, and she's like, no, you (laughs) know, like salad when it has dressing and it drips off. And Richard Dawson's like, no, but she did tell me she kissed Richard Dawson on the lips. He kissed everybody on the lips. Come on, Richard. That's how he. That's how he did it. So really, she went with salad. She went with salad. Come on, Brenda. Okay. Okay, you finish up your 1990 theater guy. Les Mis, Les Miserables, opens at the National Theater in Washington, D.C. Goes on to be one of the greatest musicals in history. Great run on Broadway and in the West End in London. 32 years ago today. Unbelievable. One of the great stories of the French Revolution. Birthdays today, Henry David Thoreau in 1817. Bill Cosby in 1937. You remember Richard Simmons? Richard Simmons, yes. 1948. (laughs) The world has never been the same. Number one song on July 12th, 1965, I Can't Get No Satisfaction. I can't get no satisfaction. How about the number one movie on this day in 1986? Karate Kid 2, just edging past Top Gun. Was Karate Kid 2 wax on, wax off? I thought that was one. Wax on? Who did he fight? He fought somebody else in Karate Kid 2. I can't. Was Sweep the Leg in Karate Kid 2? I don't know which one was which. They're all great. I think Sweep the Leg was in the first one. Sweep the Leg was in the first one, too? Gosh. All right. You want to take us out with Sure, Lavelle Edwards. We always have a quote every week from Lavelle. I could sum it up in one thing. A guy has to be what he is. He's got to coach and have a philosophy based on his own personality. You see too many coaches trying to imitate other coaches, trying to be somebody else. It's all right to emulate the qualities of good coaches, but I don't think you should imitate. You've got to be yourself. How about, how's Kalani done at that? He's good. Kalani's himself. He, I would say Lavelle is a great example to him, and he follows a lot of the the, the traditions and things that Lavelle did. But Lonnie's taken, or Kalani's taken a piece of a lot of guys, and he's himself. That's why he's doing such a great job. Great quote by the great Lavelle yep. Edwards. Just be yourself. Next week, the 17th governor of the state of Utah, Gary Herbert. And here's what I guarantee. We're going to hear some stories about how the Orem Golden Tigers were robbed of two state championships well, and how special teams... Did them in. So, so Gary Both and I, seasons. Ga- Gary and I were talking, um, Governor Herbert and I were talking. We still call him Governor Herbert? Yeah, we still call him Governor. Okay, so Governor Herbert and I were talking. And he says, what are we going to talk about on the show? And then we, I said, you know what? I said, sports has been such a big part of your life. It's a big part of Dave and in and, 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 and my life. But isn't it really a big part of the fabric of the community that we live in, the state of Utah, our yeah. communities? And he goes, I love that. Let's talk about that. We'll talk about it. So that's what we're going to talk about. Because it's the week of Pioneer Day in the state of Utah. And also, uh, David Phillips, the coordinating sports producer at BYU TV, will hit him up on, hey, what do you think the future is with BYU TV and the Big 12? And the Big 12 meetings will be behind us. They start tomorrow and, and Thursday and... And so we'll uh, we'll talk about they, they got that. some big plans on some of the shows that we're doing. Do you think he'll like release that? Tell tell yeah. people about some of the new things we're doing. I like to think so. Let's let's convince like him countdown to kickoff. Yeah, going let's two talk hours, about that. that. Let's talk about that. Max Hall's with us July twenty sixth. Mark Wilson August second. Dennis Pitta August 9th. Marie Osmond and Robbie Bosco with us August sixteenth. Major Clark Heyman, fighter pilot, Hill Air Force Base, and Caleb Chapman with his saxophone. They're both with us. August 23rd as we march closer to kickoff here on The Wise Guys. Uh, The podcast will be up tomorrow. Uh, Share it with your friends and uh, tell everybody uh, the growth of this show is awesome. Um, And we know that the audience is there. It's just a matter of getting the word out to everybody. And, uh, again, we're going to build the biggest community of 
BYU fans in the entire world right here on Tuesday nights on The Wise Guys. Tell your friends, bring them back with you next week. Hey, uh, take your life cereal. I'm taking too. my life cereal. Don't even think about taking that Captain Crunch. Nope, that's yours. Special thanks to Scott Warner and David Nixon with us tonight. Blaine Fowler, Dave McCann, our crew over here. Thank you so much. Have a great week. We're back next Tuesday for The Wise Guys. See you next week.